Let's do a show. Let's do a show. Let's do a show. Okay. Here we go. Wait. Hi, everybody. Welcome to... Oops, <laughs> Welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby, and I'm David Edrick. And uh, Dave is surrounded by birds. He's uh, he's yes. very much like Snow White I... in the in the old timey movie. He uh, summons birds uh, just for his <laughs> very presence. That's right. By my high pitched singing voice, they are naturally I... attracted to me. I always assumed that Snow White. The deal was she just smelled of suet. and that's just what it was. Okay. And the birds just came and landed on. Is that that seems like. I don't know. That feels like a reach. That feels like a, even in a fairy tale, that feels like a reach that someone would smell. So you like think suet. it's you think it's more that, uh, uh, or why do you think the birds are like attracted to her? Then is it her singing? It's so similar because to her? she's such a pure person. Like she's so she is so absolutely good that they that they feel. Why, why do birds care about her? that? Why, why do birds have a sense of ethics and support uh, ethical behavior? Why do they care? They're birds. Listen, they, uh, they, they eat. They eat. They have sex. Uh, they pr- protect their nests. Uh, uh, they die. The end. That's all birds you do. You think that, birds. but within popular culture, and there's other examples of this, uh, a phenomenon. And I'm, I'll draw you to why do birds suddenly appear every right. time you draw near? Right. They want to be just like me, close to you. And I, that's the same thing with Snow White. So the deal there is the birds are actually sexually attracted to uh, No, they're not sexually person. attracted. I said they're attracted to the purity of that person, not to the sensuousness of that person. They're attracted to the purity. Yeah, their goodness. So they, they're so absolutely good that they that they feel drawn to that person. Okay, wait a second. In the song Close to You, yeah. are you saying that the reason the person wants to be uh, next to this person is because they're so pure? I think they're beauty in that case, yeah. Yeah, maybe. Be, okay, so wait. So wait, wait a second. That's a different but, situation. There you go. But Snow so you're White saying is the, the birds most. Are, the, you're now saying the birds are attracted to this person. <sighs> but it is and, and and being birds, in an again, aesthetic way, not in a not in a not in a sexual way, not in a sexual way, not in a sexual way. But they they want to be it's aesthetics. It's aesthetics. It's an aesthetics. Nothing to do okay. with friends or anything. It's uh, it's aesthetics, right? Uh, okay. What? So why is the queen? Why is the queen jealous of of Snow White? Because uh, she is the uh, fairest in the land. There you go, sir. Well, what, I don't even quite get what fairest means. Beautiful. Yeah. Is it fairest? Uh, seems to me to be not just beautiful, but like first of all, they're the only two women that exist. Uh, so you know, <laughs> there you go. It's a, it's a coin toss, right? I don't, you don't see yeah. you don't see any other women at all in that movie, and you only see two dudes. You see the woodsman. Yeah. Uh, or the huntsman. Sure. And then you see the prince. Those are the only two guys. Yeah. So who knows what uh, counts as beautiful in this world? <laughs> there are, there right? are, there are, you, I think we all can assume there are other people in this world. Well, you can assume what otherwise, you want. Otherwise, the dwarves' whole enterprise makes no sense. Why? Well, because they're running a mine. But yeah. Who are they selling to if there are no other people in the world except for Snow White and a huntsman well, and that prince means, that it will happen that- to wander by? Okay, let me run this scenario by you, Dave. Okay, very literal, so you, extremely right, so literal you've, scenario. <laughs> right, so you've got a uh, queen. I guess yeah. she's called the queen in this, right? Sure. Um, so, uh, so she's the she's the queen, and she's uh, the stepmother of Snow White. Is that the situation? Um, that... Yeah, I think that's that would be the fairy tale situation, of course. Okay. That so, and the father has died under some sort of circumstances that uh, obviously he was murdered. 
She's evil. She probably she murdered <laughs> he's probably him. The, he's probably the the skeleton in the in the basement. Yeah. Oh, geez. Do you think he is? I'm just oh. speculating. As so, as I never even thought about that. That never entered my mind. But yeah, that could be. To be honest oh, with geez. you, I I've never I never actually thought that the dad was dead until you said this. Of course, he's dead. Why yeah, he's got to be dead. Why did he say that? Because wh- why would she not ever go to her father? And uh, I just thought and- he was one of those you know distant. Kind of, you know, ain't old old dads where you you, really, you know they just they don't really care about their offspring. They're they're too busy running the kingdom, you know, or whatever. No, doing. this is this is a situation. Uh, this is a situation I think where uh, you know she married for power, yeah, then killed him, and now she's got the power and she basically rules over this land. But let me throw this at you: that uh, you know she is so temperamental vain and what have you yeah that one by one she's basically killed everybody in the kingdom there is no <laughs> there is no kingdom we don't see them yeah like like well, you don't you have know, to see them to know they're there but any in any other disney film where yeah. there's a kingdom yeah you see the kingdom sure we don't see the kingdom ever yeah there's no one no one at all there's not even servants yeah besides the huntsman sure. and you would think this would be a woman who would have servants mm. she does not do her own shit yeah she would have people carrying stuff for her and feeding her and she'd go it's too hot and throw it in their face right but no she's murdered them they're dead the only person that remains is the guy who's the murderer he's the guy who she sends out to kill the people that she doesn't like so the only person that he is not able to murder yeah. is himself so he still exists now now snow white still exists because, you know, uh, she's got no beef with her because she's just this stupid girl and she's not that bright. She's not a threat. Why would she? And then finally, like the last person in the kingdom, yeah. the last one, she goes, uh, the mirror goes, yeah, she's the fairest of them all. And that's going to be it then. Boom. She'll have killed everybody in the kingdom except for the huntsman. And then she'll kill the huntsman for sure because she's a maniac. Now the now the dwarves on the other hand uh-huh. they live so far remotely from everything that they're out of it. They don't know that everyone's been killed because they just live in the mines. Yeah, they go in the mines and they go home and they're slobs and they pass out and they probably drink themselves stupid. Let's be honest, they like to party. Don't tell me they don't drink the sauce. And then back to the mines. You never see and- them drinking it by by your by your logic in this film. You only believe in things that you can't that you can see. So you cannot. You cannot surmise that. I will surmise it because. <laughs> okay. Because. We never see alcohol. Mind, we never see alcohol. They are, they are. That's right. Why don't you see uh, alcohol? I'll tell you why you don't see alcohol. Uh-huh. Because uh, Snow White's there and yeah. these guys are all trying to be on their best behavior. <laughs> okay. And because she's feeding them, uh-huh. she's making their food. Yeah. She would not hit the liquor cabinet and try to get these guys boozed up. Because honestly, that would be a bad move on her part. She can barely control these freaks. So she's doing she's doing as much as she can to like save herself. But yeah, you never at any point see another person in the kingdom. So yeah, I think the queen has basically murdered the entire kingdom. And then once she's dead, mm. the only pe- the only person that survives in that kingdom is the uh, is the uh, huntsman. <laughs> yeah, I think he's 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 it. I yeah. think it's it. Is he called? Is he called the Huntsman? Yeah, he is called the Huntsman. Yeah. Uh, so he's the Queen's assassin. That's his job. So the only person we see is the Queen's assassin. Everyone else is dead. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and and Snow White is too dumb to know this. She's kept you know away from the city and she's kept away from the people. And her only friends are birds. She is just 
lived with birds for her whole life. They, she'd just been completely kept away from them because all this other horror was was going on. And she would uh, figure it out otherwise. Yeah, she knows nothing of no one. Yeah, it's a really dark story, but, uh, you know, enjoyable. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I'm so much more, uh, I guess, practically minded than you that all, all I... My my theory is that the studio couldn't afford to do any more animation than they did on it. <laughs> so that's what you get. That's what you get. Yeah. So little people because they barely they could barely make the movie as it was. They almost bankrupted themselves just making this what they made. That anything more was 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 uh, you know beyond their reach at that what time. What do you think with the dwarves? Do you think the dwarves mm-hmm. are uh, related to each other, or are they just seven dwarves that have met each other? And decided to work together, or are they all the, in the same family? The latter. What, what, what? You think they're all in the same family? No, they're just they just ran into it. that. Would be the former. The latter is the the second one. I know. Said. I did both though. I said <laughs> I said that I said in both orders, so I wasn't sure which oh, one. Okay, went. okay. Uh, so yes, the the uh, one where they're all unrelated, but have decided to work together. Okay. So okay. So all yeah. right. So did they work? like in a mining company or did they just run into each other in the mine and they all just happen to be dwarves and they all went, Hey, you know what? We should live together. Cause like, I don't see dopey living on his own and like, you know, surviving (laughs) that guy seems to need a bit of help. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird that you've got one named happy and one named grumpy Mm. and that they were not, you know, if they, the, you know, also who named them all? Well, that's the thing because they're not, you know, like their names. I, I don't think they're 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 not necessarily their real names, right? Oh, completely. They're not. You don't name a baby grumpy. Exactly. You don't well, know maybe, what they're going to be. Maybe you do. Maybe he's a grumpy baby. That's fair enough. Oh, um, <laughs> well, maybe so. Yeah, could have been. Could have been born with a, a frown. Maybe that is the situation. Now that I'm looking at all their names, these are all names that you would name babies. You would go. That's a grumpy baby. That's yeah. a sleepy baby. That's yeah. a happy baby. That's a bashful baby. That's a sneezy baby. Absolutely, a dopey baby. You've got mean parents. Clearly. <laughs> That's that's cruel. Yeah. Um, but uh, the rest of them are actually things that you would call babies. So I don't know. Maybe maybe these are rejected babies. Maybe here's the thing. Uh, okay. These are these are babies in the kingdom. Yeah. Where like Queen is such a maniac mm-hmm. that she will destroy not only things that are more beautiful than her, but things that are imperfect. So when you have a baby that's born and the bo- the baby has dwarfism. They're like, we well, listen, we gotta get rid of this baby. But yeah. it's such a cute little happy baby. I know, but the queen's gonna kill it. So we gotta take it into the woods and uh, we'll take it in the woods, we'll leave it in the woods, this little happy baby, and uh, and and there you go. And they leave it in the woods and then the, all the all the dwarves end up growing up in the woods, they find each other and then they uh, become <laughs> miners. Okay, that, that's interesting. It's funny because I think of the dwarfs as a separate species from the humans in this world. Oh, you're going Tolkien with the dwarves. You're yeah, not, I feel like they're their own. Uh, like dwarves yeah. as in people. Yeah, and that's being oh. that's. I mean, that's Tolkien, I guess. But I mean, I mean, I saw this movie before I even knew before I knew what a Tolkien was. So, um, so the dwarves are a different race than humans in your mind. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, all right, that really reduces the amount of humans in this film to four. There's four people <laughs> in this film. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a it's a classic. I don't know. I just feel like it's weird to do what you're doing. Like, I, um, it's hard for me to think of one off the top of my head. But let me just. So, okay, there's an episode of Family Guy where Stewie and Brian are trapped in a bank vault, and that's the entire episode. It's a half an hour episode, and the entire episode they, is them. He eats the, the diaper. Yes. And 
so now if I only saw that one show, my assumption would be that there are no other people in the world, but just the two of them. And then it's really hard to work out how they ended up in this space that they're in and why they're locked in there together and why, and why they even need to get out because there's only two of them in this world. Like, it just feels like it's just weird to like, look at a piece of, of art that's like of a certain time span in a certain kind of milieu, like in deep in the woods. Mm-hmm. And then to go intend to project from that, that there are no other humans in this world, except for Snow White, the queen. Well, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a, a lot a of roving enormous, prince. yeah, there's a lot of enormous holes in what you just said, which is, okay. So say we go with Stewie and Brian sure, sure. and they're in the, they're in the bank. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, and you're going there, there aren't any other people there. Well, yeah. they're locked in the vault. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, like this is a vault that locks. Yeah. Do they own the bank? Uh, well, no, it's a bank. So obviously, is it a ba- I don't know what it is, though. I don't know where the it's, vault it's a, is. It's a, it's, a, it's a bank. I've never seen so, the episode actually. I just know okay, it. very good. Sorry. Well, here's here's just off the top of the head with what you laid out. Yeah, yeah. It's a bank. Yeah. There's safety deposit boxes there. Okay. So there are people who have put things into safety deposit okay. boxes. Okay. There's a bank, or they and, built their own bank. Hmm. And. And lock themselves. Put, in and accidentally, lo- yeah, accidentally lock themselves into it. Not, not okay. So they're to. trying to keep the money away from themselves. No, no, it's just a safe place. Yeah, it's just a safe place to store they, things. They're just really, they, they're really don't no they really don't trust. They don't trust each other. Yeah, that's the problem. They just don't trust each other. Okay, so it's that. All right. <laughs> uh, how about this? And knowing there's those a, two, I, I, you know, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, there's a dog and a baby. Yeah, I can uh, see why there's a lack of trust there. Who gave the? Who gave birth to the baby? It's a very, world, very good where question. There's, who, where there's no, uh, yeah. the, who gave birth to the dog? They're two totally different species. Yeah. So uh, there has to be uh, at least one more, if not at least two more of each of their species sure. to have uh, to have procreated to make them. Yeah. So we extrapolate from then that those people existed, meaning we extrapolate from them. There has to now be grandparents on both sides. Yeah. So now we'd make that into four other people mm. and we go on from there. So uh, we have to go with the idea that there are other people in this world and they are not, you know, alone in the universe sure. uh, in a bank vault. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, I don't want to, again, I'm not trying to pick uh, holes in. I think, I think. <laughs> Wait a second. You just did. We've, we've uh, so, well, I think that by your, by, by what you're saying, we have to um, then the the dwarves are kind of inexplicable then in the world of of Snow White then are they just yeah. are they yeah. are they just beings that are like come into into being of, of their own free like their own free will they just sort of they just sort of appear or do well, they have like a race of dwarves somewhere else that they are why are they, they a have, different race this is what I don't understand so far different species seen, I guess I should say different species, how would we yeah. why are they a different species so far we have seen. One other male, and yeah. that male is the huntsman. Yeah. And the huntsman is a little odd looking. Sure. He's not a million miles away from what the dwarves look like. He's mm-hmm. just taller. Okay, so <laughs> No, he's the... not, he's a million miles away from what they look like. He does not have a no. ginormous bulbous nose, huge uh, giant rosy cheeks. Uh, what's wrong with a, rosy cheeks? A, a nor- like a normal small shape. Like they're not they obviously don't they don't appear to suffer from dwarfism because they are of a you know, like they are a um What's the word I'm looking for? Like the relative to the size, their their proportions are are correct. You know, okay. they don't they don't like have like you know what I mean. Like many people who suffer from dwarfism have like longer legs or shorter bodies, or there's things that mark that as like signs of of you know whatever the dwarfism how it has. Yeah, affected I'm looking them. at the huntsman here, and yeah. he does look uh, tr- well. He's very rotoscoped, is this guy? <laughs> well, they're all rotoscoped. I know, but the- he's really rotoscoped. 
And of course, later on, uh, he's played by uh, the guy who plays Thor in uh, you know later later movies. So he gets way more handsome then. Good for him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's the uh, he's oh he's got creepy eyes though, like very bizarre eyes. Uh, bulbous nose. He's got a bit of a bulbous nose. He's got some jowls on him. Uh, he looks like Robin Hood really let himself go and then just became you know <laughs> evil. Ugh. Oh, it's a, it's a disturbing world that they uh, that they live in. Anyway, this that was just my theory. Hey, make up your own theories. Sure. It's fine. Sure. Let me ask you. Let me ask you something. You've been to Disneyland. See, uh, I just want to say Go the ahead. quarantine affects everyone differently. Yeah, it really does. Uh, you've been to Disneyland, right? Mm, yeah, a few times. Okay, I haven't. I wasn't sure. I, I get Disneyland and Disney World mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, is there any? Are there any rides based on Snow White? Anything like that? Um, are there any rides based on Snow White? You know yeah. what? I feel like. I'm just trying to think now. I'm just searching backwards through my mind. If there's a ride that's based on Snow White, there may be. I don't remember it. There is like a series of, in kind of the middle of the park. I've only been to Disneyland, so I can't speak to Disney World. But in the middle of the park, there's sort of a an area that feels like it feels like they um it feels like they uh, just kind of ran out of ideas and they put in a bunch of rides that are essentially like um you know you just get into a a cart or whatever mm-hmm. you call a car and then you just go yeah. on, a, on, a, on a track that's been laid on the ground there's no there's very few times where it elevates or does anything like that it just kind of runs around on a simple track and then there's a series of like plywood um you know uh images from movies so for instance you go on mr toad's wild ride and you're like oh that's gonna be a wild ride it's gonna be crazy no it's not that crazy it's just you in a car on a track on the ground yeah going around past plywood painted images from the cartoon would you say it's more of a mild ride? There you go. Mr. Right. Toad's mild ride is very correct. Though he does end up in hell. So that's a, that's a bit of a trick. I guess at the end, there is the, the judge does sentence you in your car to go into eternal damnation. To eternal damnation. And then you go through, you go through a doorway <laughs> and then you come out into the, you come back out into the park and you go, this is hell, I guess. Okay, I get it. Yeah, that's I a get thing. It. Ironic. Very, hey, hell, very allegorical. Wow, thank well, you, Twilight Zone and Disneyland for working together. Now, I, now before we go on too far, mm-hmm. I have looked it up. Yeah. And the answer is yes. Oh, really? There, there is a, uh, yeah, there is a Snow White's Scary Adventures. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But it's one, of the, it's one of those ones like I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a plywood yeah. ride. Yeah, yeah. It's a slow ride. Yeah. Uh, they describe it as dark, yeah. loud, and scary. Uh. It's in Fantasyland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not that great. If 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 okay, if it's well, the one I'm remembering, when did when does do they give it a do they give it a a date of uh, of when it was yep. put in the place? 1955. Oh, oh, okay. That's weird. Now that is that feels like it should be better than I remember it. I it's wonder if I just original. missed that one. Hmm. Another original ride from exactly that time period. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Arthur's Carousel. Okay, I don't. I don't. Also, that way, me be gone. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you other original rides. Sure. Autopia. I was. I did do Autopia. It is gone now, though. Okay. How about Casey Junior's Circus Train? That's also from '55. That I think that's still there. I think that still goes around the park. Yep. Yep. All right. Disney Railroad. Oh, are those two different things? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. The Casey Jr. is probably like, ah, oh, I don't think that one's there anymore then. There is still the locomotive that runs around the perimeter of the park. Because when you go into the entranceway, it's like you go, there's like a station, like a railroad right. station kind of a setup. Now, how about Dumbo the Flying Elephant, also from 55? Yeah, yeah, it's just like a, it's just, it's like an octopus ride, but you're sitting in an elephant. 
But what's fun about that is if you take the feather out from Dumbo, you crash. You crash like, and, and so die. Immediately yeah, it's smashes a... like directly into into the ground. Yeah, it's uh, okay. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the the Mad Tea Party is also a nineteen fifty. Once again, ride. just spinning teacups, which we've all done on, in many other places. Like a lot of these rides are just you know re- reconfigured original rides like where you like you make it go you, you make it go faster yeah. by turning a wheel in the center of the teacup you know gotcha but did you do what you know, a lot of people don't know this is kind of a secret thing you could do sure did you take a hit off of the caterpillar's hookah before <laughs> you went on well what's that fun, makes all the difference it does because actually it, it makes it feel like you're not going around in circles faster oh. and faster yeah yeah it actually sure. quite, has quite a calming effect all right yeah. uh the main street vehicles also from 1955 the Did you ride street vehicles? Yeah. I don't know if that one's there anymore. Okay, that very good. Familiar. Uh, there is Peter Pan's flight. Hmm. Hmm. All right. You've also said Mr. Toad's wild ride, also from 1955. So those are that old. Wow. That's they seemed to me. They felt like they were new, and they just like were trying to fill space. Nope. Since 55, <laughs> and the and the final one uh, is a storybook lands canal boats. Yeah, that's still there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and also that's uh, cool. Star, Star Wars Launch Bay. That was also from 1955. <laughs> weird that they didn't make, get around to making the movie Ooh, wow, until like weird. the 70s. That's weird. But yeah, here's the great yeah. thing about the canal boats is if you like miniatures, which I do, I love miniatures. Okay, uh, it's like miniatures ahoy! Like you just go along, and then the storybook elements of it are little miniature um, tableaus from various various fairy tales and things, mm-hmm. and it's quite it's quite charming. I wouldn't call it exciting. Uh, but as a speaking as a as an adult going through it, I really enjoyed that because I'm a minute fan of miniatures. So you know, I like toy trains and all those sort of things like that. I think that's really cool. Now let me give you a little bit of trivia here. You can take a guess on on this if you want. All right. Um, the uh, uh, Snow White one year. Yeah. Won uh, won the best musical score at the Academy Awards. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Uh, okay. Fine, fine. Yeah. You got your Oscar. Sure. The next year. Yeah. It won eight Oscars. Yeah, there was one full-size Oscar and seven small ones to to be like the uh, the dwarves. Yeah, because what's and, and, what's weird about who, the... who was it presented by? Oh, it was presented by Shirley Temple. That's absolutely right. Yes. So, yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? The old Academy Awards. Well, one thing they weren't like they are now. They were just a luncheon. Yeah, and dr- and some drinking. Yeah, there was, yeah. There was there was a lot of drinking. Oh, of course. Well, Shirley Temple and was people... there. Yeah, that was the yeah, I'm saying there was there was not a lot of Shirley Temples there. There was a lot more So more. so um yeah, and so they would also it was split year to year. So it would be like they wouldn't be it wouldn't just be like 1935, it would be like 1934 or 1935. Mm-hmm. So I guess I guess Snow White was in the theaters long enough that it qualified for both years. That's that's a weird thing, but there you go. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting indeed. Yeah, anyway, that was a that was our uh uh, that was our white talk that we've got on the show now. We got a set. We got a section on the show called White Talk, where we're going to be uh, talking about Snow White. It's sure. probably not the best title for yeah, a segment. I don't know why right you gave now. it that. Well, you're the one who sent it to me, and I said sounds good. To be honest yeah, with you, I didn't actually read all of your suggestions. I just mm. kind of checked off in the top the first one. Yeah. So sorry about that. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next time with more White Talk and talking about the uh, ethics of kissing corpses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, was it wrong for the prince to do it? Was it was it is it different to kiss a corpse yeah. or to kiss a sleeping beauty? Mm-hmm. Is there mm-hmm. any difference between those two? Why is that a standard uh, thing that princes do, kissing uh, dead ladies and and sleeping ladies back then? Why? Uh, we'll talk more about that next next time on White Talk. <laughs>
<laughs> yes, let's apply let's apply logic to fairy tales. Hmm? Hmm. That's what I say. <laughs> Do you remember I found these online. I haven't been able to watch them yet, but they're um Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. Do you remember that? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. So, Very much so. Yeah, yeah. They were uh, good. Robin Williams as the Frog Prince was a good one. Oh my gosh, the 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 talent she was able to to uh, round up for these is just a phenomenal. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to look it up, please do so. Yeah, it's like, it's. Yeah, it, I will. I mean, obviously, Shelley Duvall. I you know not a not a huge star, but a a known actress. You know, and a good actress. Um, you know. Robert Altman, regular part of her his repertory theater, I guess. Uh, right. Going all the way back to 1969's Brewster McCloud, which I was watching the other a little few weeks ago. I was watching. I didn't get through all of it because one of those movies that it's kind of an aimless 60s movie. You know where there's like no no plot needed. They thought when they started making it. Mm-hmm. But uh, it has a lot of it has a lot of people in it that you you would recognize. Like oh, yeah, she... there's Sally Kellerman. Oh, there's Shelley Duvall. Oh, there's Bud Court. Oh, there's Rennie Aubergenois. Whatever his name. And it's a very fl- it's a flawed film, but yeah, it, like I know it is obviously Altman, but you don't really think of it as Altman. But Popeye, yeah, she does a she does an amazing job as Olive Oil. I think like, I think everyone in that movie does an amazing job. I love Bill Irwin. He's in it. I don't watch anything with Bill Irwin. <laughs> Bill Irwin, by he's, the way, has he's has a, a great he's a great great yeah. guy. Yeah, <laughs> there you are. Well done. Um, whatever the I'm trying to remember the name. Irresistible, the new John Stewart movie that's like on demand. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, Bill Irwin is in it. I don't want to say what he plays in it, but it's hilarious and it's short and it's great. <laughs> and he's also, of course, amazing in um, uh, Legion, the yeah, uh, TV yeah. series that was just on there. But yeah, she. You how, know, how she... old was he when he was he was he sweepy in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was. Uh, was he Ham? Ham something. Oh, oh, I don't know. See, but yeah, yeah he, that's a that movie has ham gravy. I think is oh, okay. what he was. Okay, yeah, he was ham gravy. I just looked it up. Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, just uh, I mean Paul Dooley, of course, playing uh, our favorite uh, hamburger loving. Uh, I can't really think of his name now. Wimpy, <laughs> Wimpy, Jay yes. Welling, Jay Wellington, Wimpy. Yes, Wimpy, and then uh, then of course Ray. Oh, you know my favorite Martian as the father. Ray Bolger, not Ray Bolger. No. Ray. Oh. You're looking it up now, aren't you? Yeah, don't, don't, Ray Walston. Ray Walston. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, who, who's uh, also really good. There's a a movie. Please don't ask me for the name of it. Where he plays a jealous husband who pl- plots to murder his wife. It's a it's a um, film by the. Um, Jeez, what's what's wrong with me? I had a nap today, and I and I I should be fresh, fresh and ready to come up with all the proper names yeah, for you should, people you that here be. and there. It's very disappointing. Who directed Sunset Boulevard? Billy Wilder. Billy Wilder, yeah. So this is a Billy Wilder film, and it has Ray Walston in it, and he's he's a music teacher, and he's constantly wearing this sweat a, a Beethoven sweatshirt in the movie. He's always got it on, and but he's just like in a small town. He's married to this beautiful woman, and some some guy like Dean Martin, I think it's Dean Martin, who like he has like a a, a a car breakdown in this town and but he's he's so attractive to ray you know he's so attractive that ray wilson's wife starts to be interested in him and he's so jealous and it's just really it's a really weird but good movie and like no one no one ever talks about it but it's uh quite mm. good i wish i could think of the title everyone anyway look at billy wilder look up movie with ray Walston. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah look, just, just look it up constantly yeah. like with shelly duvall why i uh kind of 
started going down the Shelley Duvall rabbit hole yeah. once upon a time was I spent a lot of time in Nelson, BC, uh, working on a, on a, a play that toured and she had just been in town shooting uh, Roxanne with Steve Martin and the town fell in love with her and she fell in love with the town. Okay. And so, you know, they, they were just nuts about Shelley Duvall. So anything that was Shelley Duvall, you, they'd watch the videos and, and, and everything like that. So yeah, they love, they, they love Shelley Duvall heard nothing but good things about her. And I've heard nothing but good things about her since from anyone, like no one's ever heard, uh, said anything bad about Shelley Duvall. And then unfortunately she, yeah, went, went away for kind of a while and, and had some mental health problems. And then Dr. Phil kind of took advantage of all that recently. And, you know, fuck that guy. Um, so I hope, I hope she's okay. And I hope she's doing okay. But like the performances that she's done are so memorable. And, yeah, yeah. you know, even, even, and, and it bugs me, of course, you know, Kubrick really was a, a son of a bitch to her on uh, and the set of uh, shining, but she was amazing in the shining as well. She is amazing. And uh, yeah. it's hard. Of course you hope, I don't, you don't want to say she was amazing because he was mean to her, but I, cause I don't think that's why she maybe, was maybe, or maybe but. she could have done it anyway. And you yeah, don't have exactly. To be yeah. So yeah, yeah. In the, in the first, the frog prince, is that the one you talked about with uh, yes, Robin Williams? Yep. Also featuring and Terry Gar. Sure is. And Rene Ojibois. Of course, so she, which uh, they co-starred in, um, in Bruce McLeod together. So both of them were part of the, the Altman traveling repertory theater. So, and then we uh, also get a cameo. With also Michael Michael Richards. Michael is in Richards, it, doing yeah. Some, uh, racial humor, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the little thing, and then uh, Eric Idle narrates it. So yeah, and then we've got uh, Rumpelstiltskin that has Hervé Villachez. Sounds good. Shelley Duvall in it herself. Uh, Paul Dooley, another one of the Robert Altman traveling repertory theater, and then Ned Beatty, and a little uh, brief cameo from from Bud Court once again, mm. a friend of Shelley Duvall because they were in Brewster McCloud together. So. <laughs> And he was a member of the traveling. Yeah, so that's later on. Like the Nightingale, it stars Mick Jagger. Yeah, so she's really pulling the. And Bud Bud Court's back again. You yeah, can't get well, rid of. Once a... you invite Bud Bud Court in, you get, oh boy, you get Marine Stapleton in the uh, get... Jack and the Jack and the Beanstalk. Burnett Peters. You got Christopher Reeve in Sleeping Beauty. Um, now they did a another. Uh, there, there was another show she did. What was it? It was like it was a scary one. Let me look this one. Up. Okay, okay. Uh, but it was like a version of that. Uh, yeah, it was called Nightmare Classics, mm. and it was very it was very similar to that. Uh, uh, narrated by Linda Hunt, and again, it was celebrity friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, course, yeah. Uh, but it was like horror stories, and it was like aged up a bit. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and of course, she's also really great in um, Annie Hall. Oh, and she also yes, yeah, she was very good scene in that. She also did. Uh, Another in this kind of series called Tall Tales and Legends. Oh, uh, that was another elementary school uh, level uh, level show. Wow, wow, wow! Elliot Gould is the giant in Jack and the Jack and the Beanstalk. I want to now just watch all of these. <laughs> yeah, well, I have them if you want them, so I can I'll, I'll pass pass them your way. Please do. Yeah. Oh, let me also say a big thank you to you for uh, fixing our mixer. Did it work? Uh, we have not tried it yet. <laughs> well, save those thanks. But yes, you're you're welcome. You're welcome, Mike. Did it? Well, I assume you plugged it in and tried it. Right? Yes, I did. I sent you. I sent uh, both of you. Or maybe just Pia. I sent a video of, of it working to her. Okay, I have not seen said video. Yeah, All right, so, so I'm assuming there. Because so I, I, I fixed it like now, the day I picked it up, but then I've been so busy that I haven't had a chance to to come back into town and return it. But so Lisa and the girl they went. Lisa and the girls went to um, Mary took. Uh, Lisa out for a postponed Mother's Day meal 
yesterday they went to a restaurant in Vancouver. And so I said, hey, while you're driving in there, would you mind dropping this off? And so they did. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's, much, it's much appreciated. No uh, there was basically, when we tried to get it fixed, it's, like, it's one of those, uh, you know, mixers like yeah. you have. Yeah. Like an, a, stand, a stand mixer, kitchen, kitchen aid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you think like, oh, it uh, broke down. Uh, we'll just go get it fixed because everyone's got a KitchenAid mixer. There must be a place to fix it. Nope. One guy in town in Vancouver, one guy. And you have to go to his apartment. Uh, and then, of course, then comes COVID. And like, well, we're not going to a guy's apartment to fix a mixer. Uh, but uh, luckily, you had the skills to do it. Pia was worried about uh, doing it because uh, the videos that she saw, it, it just had a bunch of oil in it. And it was like, if you hit the wrong thing, it just goes bloop out <laughs> and like you're screwed and there's nothing you can do. Uh, so she didn't want to mess with that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's like it's like the uh, the, the baleen in the head of a of, of a sperm whale or something. You know what I mean? Like it's just like like you take off the the top of the the mixer, and then there's this all these gears. It's like a, a just a mess of of gears of all sorts, every which way, horizontal, lateral, diagonal gears, and then this wad of of grease, like the size yeah the size of a of a softball, just like plumped there. And I but I can understand like. It's it's so many gears that you just you know and and, it, and it's just supposed to work for years so they just throw in as much as they can and then just right. and, then enclose it and then you know assuming that something doesn't happen where you know the you know the beater gets stuck or something and then the 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 gear gets broken because the problem is there's like a mix of metal and plastic gears in there as well which makes sense I was thinking about it after I was like that's dumb but then I thought no that's actually smart because then you have one that's like your fail safe right so if right. It, it's like a fuse almost so when it fails it breaks but it doesn't break every other gear in the in the head like if they were all metal ones and you ended up getting it jammed or something like that and then all of them just exploded into pieces in it well it would just destroy it but you know, the way it works is the, there's one plastic one. And so when it fails, everything else is fine. It just, it's just has to be replaced. Right. And so it's actually kind of a clever way to do it because it's, it prevents the whole thing from being destroyed. And, uh, yeah, accessing it, it's, it's actually quite easy to take apart, to be honest with you. It's, it's a bit of a, it was an easy job. Okay. Well, that, well, it still is very appreciated. And as I said, uh, your new name around here is uh, Mr. Mixer Fix It. Mr. Mixer so, Fixer. Well, that's you know what the old Superman enemy, Mr. <laughs> Mixer Fixer. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad it's so easy to say. And if you say your name backwards, you will vanish for ninety days. Oh dear. Well, we'll have trouble. Well, I've been. I haven't been around for ninety days anyway. In terms that was of you a weird me. thing. Yeah, that was a weird thing in Superman comics. Was like that ninety day thing. Was like the Mr. Mixer Spitalik will have to vanish for ninety days. Yeah. So you look at like how many times did Mr. Mixer Spitalik show up? Like, okay. All right. So we know there's at least 90 days in between those. Yeah. So you feel like, how old is Superman from like when he started to now with the <laughs> amount of times Mr. Mixus Fiddlick shows up? Yeah. 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 Who knows? But he doesn't, he doesn't age, does he? Superman? Yeah. He's a, he's a one, like once he grows up, he just stops aging. Well, he's supposed to be 29. He's like Dagwood Bumstead. Like you don't, you don't look at Dagwood Bumstead and go, oh, that guy's like 104 years old. No, you just go, he's in his thirties. Or forties okay. or fifties, like, I guess he'd be. Well, I could see he's got Superman. teenage children, so he's. Yeah, Superman's immortal. I guess you could go with that, but, but then but uh, Lois Clark Lane isn't. She isn't. Neither is Jimmy, and definitely neither is Perry. Yeah, Perry should be uh, gone. Um, <laughs> you know right who knows? Now. And also Clark can't yeah. like look uh, you know young forever as well. You gotta be you gotta be careful. Oh, speaking of uh, dumb Supermans, 
Uh, <laughs> did you see that uh, Dean Cain thing that he was he said today? I did not. I did. Oh, not. it's just a dumb Dean Cain thing. Because he's I don't know if he dumb. Okay, he's a dumb guy. He's a dumb. He's a dumb, uh, he's a dumb guy. guy. I don't think that he, I don't think he's Superman. But okay, go on. He he was. He was an actor playing a character. Yes. Oh, but you don't think he actually <laughs> I don't was? Think he has the actual powers of Superman. No. Okay, you know, you know that there's that. no actual. You know, there is no actual Superman, right, Dave? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Except for Christopher Reeve. Christopher Reeve was Superman. <laughs> and according to this person who did this, the the write up of, of Fairytale Theater, I was reading, uh, a very good actor. He says steals the show as uh, Jack and Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah, Christopher Reeve as well. Uh, but Dean Kane just said uh, it was just a dumb, dumb thing. He okay, said, what did he say? Fox. Uh, he was going how you know he knows that like you know if if he was making Superman nowadays, yeah, uh, they wouldn't let him uh, say uh, truth, justice, and the American way. Oh, because because people just won't let you say that stuff anymore. Uh, and like, oh boy, that's and then the uh, the <laughs> the host she goes, yeah, that's that's so true. And she said it like, it was like such a shocking revelation that he would say that you're right. You're not allowed to say that anymore. Uh. And then like the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, so the best, uh, the highest grossing movie in the world that yeah. came out last year. Yeah. Start captain America. Yeah. So shut up. <laughs> yeah. Dumb, dumb. He didn't say, like, he didn't say the American way though. Did he? The American way? No, his yeah. name is Captain America. Mm. He has a flag. Like, his, his suit is a flag. Yeah. Like, he is, he is America. Hmm. You know, he is a patriot. He is, he is a walking flag. So, yeah, I think it's okay. I think, I think, I think it's fine that you could say American way in a superhero thing. I don't, Again, think, I don't think they could say that anymore. Why is that? Well, then you'd get it, uh, in trouble from the charity. It's send you a cease and desist order for... The United Way? Oh, isn't it the American Way? <laughs> I guess it's the United Way. Never yeah. mind. They're fine. They're, so you can still do it. You're right. I sorry. I was getting I was getting mixed up into legal legal problems there. So sure. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, no, no, no. That's fine. It's all good. It's all good. You can still say it. Yeah. You know, you can't say the United Way in a movie though. <laughs> to be fair, Truth it's the United, United States of America. <laughs> you're you're right. There's United in the title <laughs> of the thing. It's fine. Listen again. Yeah. It's been. We've been. Uh, I was going to say we've all been in lockdown a while, but you haven't. You've been. No, I have no excuse for this. I have no excuse. <laughs> but I've noticed that you know but you I've, did take a nap. We we will acknowledge <laughs> that. I've noticed that all that lots of different people have had like their own sort of reaction to the to court. Like you know, like people often have like these sort of weird. Like one of the guys at work got like super into ambient music and that's all he's listening to right now mm. and i and he said to me today he goes you know what if i'm listening to music and then there's like singing in it i just turn it off right away i'm just disgusted by it <laughs> okay i think well, okay. i think it's yeah i just think i just think we need to like have something to think about that isn't the thing that we want to, that we everyone's thinking about and so we just are latching on to things that aren't that thing you know so we're like you know, you can like be obsessing about, you know, your health and what's happening in the United States and all those sort of things like that. Or you can be listening to ambient music. And that's, so I guess, I guess your mind kind of like, you know, you have some, some sort of like safety. We have like our own kind of, own kind of plastic cog in our brain that goes, before I break, let's listen to ambient music for a while. Let's think about that. And let's get really into that. And we'll find a list of 50 best ambient records. And then we're just going to listen to all those and, and bother Dave about them at work. So, yeah. I think something that would only work if people have been indoors for four months <laughs> and become popular is on Netflix right now. And it's uh, Floor is Lava. 
Yeah, and, uh, that looks fun yeah. though. I just saw I just saw a a silent a silent uh, clip of it on on Facebook. I have watched I have watched them all, and then I found out that uh, <laughs> it's a uh, British show. Of, yeah, it's not a British show. No, oh. it's an American show. Uh, it does seem like it's a British show though. Uh, but no, no, I mean, there's a uh, British uh, version. There's a British version. Is there? No, I was just joking. Okay, well, it sounds like the kind of show that would be funny. If <laughs> sorry. Yeah, but the British version is called Trouble at Mill, and then they uh, really changed it a lot yeah. to make the the, the Canadian, uh, sorry, American version. But what I was going to say is the um, cartoonist uh, Kelly uh, Tyndall, uh, who does uh, Strange Beard and uh, oh, it's, it's not called Wanderers. Oh, is it Wanderers? Something like that. It's okay. I don't, it's know, a com- who, I don't it's know who you're talking about. <laughs> okay, go on. Oh, he's a, he's a really good cartoonist. Okay. You, you'd like him. Uh, but yeah, he does a cartoon about him and his uh, daughter having adventures, uh, adventures, something like that. Uh, he's always there at uh, Van Calf and you know those really? those cons. Oh. You probably have met him a couple of times. Probably. Uh, but he uh, he had to keep this secret. But he designed all the rooms. Oh. Uh, for Flores Lava. Wow. And I was asking him, oh, where'd they shoot it? And he went, I've got no idea. Mm. They just had me design the rooms. Yeah. And it almost it reminded me a lot of the movie Cube. Where it's this uh, killer uh, cube with like all these death traps in it, and like yeah, you know, there's a person who like did Spoilers help design, everyone. and and doesn't know much uh, about like no one knows anything about beyond their part in making it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, he he did that, but I think that uh, floor is lava, which if you guys haven't seen it, uh, it's like uh, a pool full of lava, and then there's like uh, say it's a kitchen, and you got to get across all the kitchen stuff to the other side mm-hmm. and uh, make a bunch of jumps and what have you. But like, it's, it's such a great show for people who've been locked in the house <laughs> and going like, yeah, okay. So how would you get to the other side of the room? Yeah. Like I really yeah. relate to this. There's nothing I'm not getting. Oh, this is the basement. You say, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the bedroom. Yes. Okay. I'm just, mm-hmm. this is all my, in my reference. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got it. And, uh, and it's usually, we were actually wondering if they put this together in COVID times because it all seems to be people that work together or who would be who would or live together, usually like families or their triplets or something like that. And you're like, oh, maybe, uh, you know, they would be roommates or something like that. So they would be able to still uh, be around together. But, uh, yeah, it's very entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah just good. them trying to leap from thing to thing. And you just see what always gets them is uh, hesitation. They just oh, wait. Oh yeah, yeah, wait too long. And then like, and then the stairs go away under the lava. It's like, oh, you hesitated. You just gotta <laughs> go for it. I know it's scary, but you gotta jump. You yeah. gotta jump. And then I love that when they jump and they fall into the lava, uh, they treat it like they really have fallen into lava, and everyone <laughs> has to go no, and you don't see them again. Uh, it's great. Yeah, well, yeah. We had a special rule in in our lava game, which is if you if you threw the cushion onto the floor, you could use that as a as a solid object so oh that's pretty good okay so it stretched it out a little bit we were able to travel out of the room if you <laughs> threw them right yeah and the then you could I... keep them close together as well because then you can like make a path to where you need to go yeah i think they need uh, some more secrets there's a there's like a couple of secrets but they're pretty obvious like there's a rope that's tied up and you're gonna tie it then it releases something that like makes a bridge okay. it's like and that's and that's all fine yeah but it needs more secrets things that you can sort of figure out or yeah. play around with or Th- uh, things that are in easy route, but you've got to get to it quick. Sure. So you've got to find a way to get across to the other side. But are there uh, things? Are there things that fool you though, where you jump, think it's safe, and then it slides or turns into like a ramp or something like that? The big trick is 
uh, in one of them that's the study, they've got a pyramid in the middle. Okay. And the pyramid looks a lot easier than it is. Like it look, it's easy to jump onto. Yeah. But then it's near impossible to jump off of because uh, you can get no traction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're just like slipping and all these people just stay on the pyramid and they keep holding on until they can't hold on anymore. And then they just slide <laughs> into the lava. It's like, oh, it's the saddest thing in the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I forgot about it, but I meant to watch it after seeing that little uh, snippet. But uh... yeah, what we do is we never watch the uh, the story backstory of the people because oh, yeah, they start off with like the floor is lava. You're gonna have to do this and this and this and that. Oh, who cares? Don't give a shit. Then it's the three <laughs> people. Yeah, we all met each other uh, because we're uh, stewards and we work in the air. Oh, we don't care. We don't care. <laughs> you know, we don't care. You're triplets. I know where you met each other. In the womb. It doesn't matter. Just get on with it. So you just fast forward mm. to, uh, you know, Flores Lava time and uh, and off they go. And you think, like, it'd be boring to watch three sets of No, it looks really exciting people. to me, actually. It's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then, and then the uh, people running it are sometimes dinks. And they make the lava splash up, and it's like, oh, it's very, very exciting. <laughs> yeah, but I think only now it would work, you know, because people are used to, in the oldie days, being like five months ago, yeah. you know, those ninja courses where you jump on giant balls yeah, and swim yeah. up things and but no, do I a think... salmon ladder up, and it's sure, like, sure. well, no one can do that. But, but that's like, that's what I, that's what I'm going to say though. But this show is an attainable version of that. So I yeah. think that's I think that's why this show would be popular, wh- whether it's COVID times or not. Like and I think this show make it makes that ninja course seem like a, an achievable thing to do it this this instead. Oh, this is for your regular average schlub. Like anyone can can hop along a sofa and try and climb a, along a wall and stuff like that. Yeah, there are still quite a bit of monkey bars that you're like, mm, oh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. The monkey bars are harder than you remember. Okay, good luck with those. Monkey bars uh, are harder than you remember. You just have to, but like anything else, you got to power through it. You just can't. Don't hang around. That's the that's the essence of monkey bars. That is the big mistake. People get, then get, get to the last monkey bar, and they're like, "You got to get to, you got to jump." And yeah. it's like, "No, I don't know if I can make it." Well, you're going to get weak arms now, and you're going <laughs> to fall into the lava. So you got to got to swing, yeah. swing and jump, and you know, and if nothing else, you make a spectacular uh, fall. There are a lot of people that like jump. And then really smack their faces hard on the ground as they go in. And uh, I shouldn't be liking it, but it's, uh, it's still it's still painful. I'm sure there's a little bit of padding there for them. Oh, there is. It's yeah, definitely yeah. foamy, yeah, foamy, yeah. Uh, uh, which I think is also good for when they jump onto things. It gives you a bit more grip. Yeah. Uh, you know, it looks slipperier than it is. It wouldn't be as fun if people were just like immediately, whoa! And the, where they do fall quite often is on the couches. Mm. Where they get on the couches and they fall, but that's okay because then they fall onto a couch and it's that's ah, comfortable. Yeah, and they're fine. It's got it's interesting because uh, I remember we used to watch. I can't remember what the show was called now, but it was like they kind of repurposed a possible a Japanese game show thing, and they made like then they added like like sports style commentary to it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but you'd watch that show and you'd just be like, how can people like be, uh, you know, like how can they like give permission to go through this may- mayhem and like, it looks so like it looks so physically dangerous and then and then when they started doing wipeout um in, in in you know the american wipeout you're like ah this is like the 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 baby american version no no you you should see what they're doing over in japan like those guys are hardcore you are just falling into you know on foamy things into water boo who cares those guys are falling off of metal spikes into mud so yeah that show is just like you just we watch some of the things people do. You just like, oh my god! Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Some, I hope they're I'm okay. I'm sure at some point we're gonna have to 
go through it for charity. We'll do something. There'll be some sort of like, just, uh, and now it's the podcasters. And they go, oh, no, we got to do this business. I've got, We're just I've used got a, to sitting. Yeah, I got a plan for if so. First of all, I stay away from the pyramid. Do not go near the middle of the room. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. Yeah. yeah. And you want to, you really want it to be the study. The study, I think, is the easiest room. Okay. The bedroom's not too bad, but you got to be able to deal with being dizzy because the bed spins. And oh, that's another oh. mistake people make is they get on the bed, which spins, and then they try and time it. And it's like, every time it spins around, you're getting dizzier, man. <laughs> that's, your, that's your problem. You got to just do it. You got to just get on with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is great, too, because everyone watching it is definitely screaming at the screen, which is what you want for good TV. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So good job. Good job, TV. Yeah. I guess what Ian's saying is he recommends that you watch The Floor is Lava if you have it available well, on your local called, Netflix. Just called Floor is Lava. Oh, sorry. Floor is Lava. Floor is Lava. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put a the in front of it. Don't do it. It's yeah. like saying the Joker, we're and getting, it's like, no, it's just Joker. We're getting rid of the definite article, everyone. Get out of here, definite article. Enough mm-hmm. of you. Yeah, the has had it today. Yeah, Forget it. We don't. We just want everything to be ah. Uh. Who's got time for that now? Who's got time for a the? Ugh. I think well, I, we do. I think, I think a lot of people have time uh, for Most of us right do. Now. We don't have too much time. <laughs> we both have too much time and not enough time. You look at the end of and this again. This is just coming from the... Uh, you know, the lockdown uh, bunch is like uh, there was a, oh, I forget her name, but she's on um, she's on the Seth Meyers show. And she did a thing about Parasite when Parasite came out because she's uh, Korean American and how much she loved oh, it. OK, you know, uh, Parasite one. And, and she put a clip of it up and then she went, hey, you want to know something interesting? Uh, Parasite uh, won the Academy Award four months ago. That was four months ago. And you go like, <laughs> What? No, that can't be four months ago. Huh. Oh my God, it's four months ago. And your sense of time just goes, That's it. but it's so long. It's so long. And then every day you know, that we have here is like a day where you just go, that day just went right by so fast. Yeah. The day went by so fast. But the month, it was so long. <laughs> None of this makes sense. None of this makes sense. And then you look out the window and there's aliens looking in and it's a zoo. It's like, ah, now it makes sense. This all makes sense now. We're fine. It's just an alien Twilight Zone zoo. We're, we're fine. And they're doing experiments with time on us to, to see what we do and if we snap. It's all right. So uh, how are things over at your work? Everything's uh, fine, actually. Um, yeah, it's we have uh, – I guess we've sort of gone along with phase two. And now we're letting um, people, you know, people, installers or whatnot come in and pick up their doors. They're allowed to come in now. Okay, well, we're on, phase, we're on phase three, though, now. Are we on phase three now? Phase three, yeah. Okay, I guess I guess this is phase three that they're allowing allowing them in, which is fine. Okay. There's still like a control over where they're allowed to go and how close they're allowed to stand to the to the office door and things. Our our um our um warehouse manager, his his girlfriend is very um very immune compromised, so he is extra 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 careful at work. Okay, good. So yeah, he well not good that she's compromised, but yeah, just that he's being good. careful about it. <laughs> yes, exactly. So and then the other guy who works in the office is very, uh, very much a germaphobe. Even even though he'll attempt to deny it, he is very much a germaphobe. And so yeah, both of them together are very, uh, very uh, careful. So yeah, we still we're still like washing down everything. We wash down the office, all the doorways, the bathroom door, all the bathroom fixtures, all the, the anything we touch during the day when we're working, like all the 
all our carts that have the we use for um, wrapping the dentage, like with the um, strapping on them and stuff, strapping carts and the forklifts, everything gets gets wiped down every day. And uh, we're still doing in shifts, so that we're not. There's only uh, four of us in the lunchroom at any one time. Right. Do you still have the uh, lunch break tickle fights? Or like <laughs> those are those are all those have been put on hold for now. Okay. So uh, your question. record still stands. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Which is which is it? Because I'm incredibly ticklish, Tickler, so yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just I'm I would fall apart very quickly in a tickle tickleathon, but we're still not playing spike ball, which is unfortunate. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad and I'm not glad. I'm I'm glad that you're not doing it. Yeah, but uh, but <laughs> yes, I have a feeling that when we do get back to playing it, like the first thing I'm gonna do is like pull every 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 muscle in my body and also break every bone, just like in one motion, just like one sideways quick snap you know motion to one side i'm just gonna like you know every bone in my body is gonna fall apart and then also all my muscles are gonna get pulled and it's just i'm just gonna fall into the ground like jelly because i'm in no way am i anywhere near in as good a shape i was like last last year at this time well you were going to the gym every day too i was right? going to the gym every day exactly and i've not been to the gym for quite a while because i <clears throat> i basically stopped during the when i was coloring sparks i stopped going to the gym just because i I needed the sleep more than the gym time. Mm-hmm. And then and then when I was done, I did start going back, but then I fell off the wagon for some reason and then and then um and then this this happened and then I I, I really really fell off the wagon. So yeah, it's been a while. I'm much very much a softy right now. I'm very much a softy. I need to But I heard from someone actually I was at 7-Eleven a week or so ago and I was walking out the door with a Slurpee and then mm-hmm. this a fellow gym member Accosted me, and I had to punch, <laughs> I had to punch him. And, and I, uh, no, he slapped the Slurpee out of your yeah, hand. Yeah, he just he just tried. Hey, to... softy. <laughs> so what? No, he said. Hey, he said. Hey, you still going to the gym? And I said, or he said, you still working out? And I said, well, I held up my Slurpee and said, well, this is currently my workout. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I heard the gym is back, is open again. And I went, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, you just have to phone and make an appointment. Um, like you just set a time you want to come in, and they have like a limited amount of people allowed at the gym at one time. And then when when each each shift leaves, then they do a, a you know a general clean inside the gym, and then the next group can come in. So I was like, oh okay, well. So I think you're allowed an hour, which is less time than I would normally spend at the gym, but by about fifteen minutes. So I have not called yet because I'm not a phone person. So I'm I'm kind of you know still not not quite there yet where I can like just pick up a phone and call someone. <laughs> so I'm just trying trying to work up my nerve for that part of the process. No, I hear you. So, sorry, uh, sorry to bother you at your place of work. What is it? We're real toughies here. Is this a softy calling? <laughs> well, I haven't been there for a while. <laughs> you sound soft. Yeah. You sound like, like you I'm haven't run. Because I'm yeah. smoking a cigar in the gym. <laughs> you softies want to tell me not to? <laughs> you sound like I haven't run in a year. Yeah, that's about that. And, and then if I t- I'm told I have to, I'll put it out on my tongue. I'll just flip it around tss, on my tongue. Because I'm a toughie. <laughs> you know me. I, I went to uh, Kit's Pool the uh, two days ago. And, or yesterday. No, it was yesterday. There you go. Why am I lying to you? I shouldn't. Yeah, um, quit lying and, to me. And it was actually nice. I was doing a little bit of writing, and I just needed to get out of the house. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, there were, and first of all, it was nice that everyone on the beach was maintaining uh, social distance. Yeah. There's people who were on the grass, and they were sitting in circles. And like we're actually sitting like the right distance apart from each other. It was like, yeah. holy cow, this looks like you know that this is being policed, but it's not. <laughs> it's just people going like, no, we're trying to be sensible. Yeah. But it was it was cool seeing the uh, pool getting filled up. Yeah, First yeah, one, yeah. 
pool being filled up. Uh, so it was, it was, it was just like one big hose, and it's the biggest pool in the world. Is it a so salt water like, pool? Uh, it was once upon a time. Yeah. It probably is still. Okay. Um, so they have a more than likely. But yeah, were, maybe. Were they filling it with a garden hose? <laughs> That's a thing. Someone made a joke uh, that it was. Yeah, they were just <laughs> they took someone's hose from across the street. Yeah. Just turned the water on and were just filling it up. No, it was coming from I'm sure a filtered version of the ocean or something. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Don't know, some, something along those lines. It used to yeah. actually just be, uh, I think, the ocean. Yeah, so it was uh, the, originally that really disturbing pool they used to have farther down the uh, down the seawall. Do you? Oh, are you are you talking about? Uh, yeah, it was the. Well, yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that thing was like. <laughs> what was disturbing about it to you? It was so dark, like you couldn't see the sides. So and it was had barnacles on the sides. <laughs> so to me, it was just like, is there a bottom? Like when you jump in, do you touch the bottom? Like I never went in there because it just looked. I just couldn't even like deal with the with the unknown element of it. Oh, so many sharks. Like if you jump in a lake, yeah. Like when somebody, which often happens because I'm often told I should do that, and so yeah. I'm always jumping in lakes. Taking a long walk on a short pier. Yeah. Well, then then you jump, but you have like a sense of depth, right? Like especially if you're in a boat and you go out into like the middle of the lake, you jump in. You're like, I'm just going to jump in because I know this is like, it's like you know, 50 feet down or whatever is the bottom of this of uh, this pool. There's no there's no way I'm going to hit the bottom. I'm not going to like scratch my entire body against all the crustaceans in the world that have gathered against the wall of this this cement box they decided to call a pool and so mm-hmm. that thing is like it was it was as black as night even in the, like the daytime when you looked at the water in that thing there was no there was no seeing anything in that water and for whatever reason i do find that kind of scary like kind of weirdly eerie like I, when we went to san simeon the hearst mansion part of the tour we went to this room where there was like an indoor pool, but it was dark in there. Like they didn't have the lights on to any, to, to my satisfaction anyway. And then the pool itself was like black. It was just like this black pool. Like outside they had like some pools and they were like blue, like chlorinated, nice blue pools. Right. This right. one was like as, as black as, as, as ebony. And it was just, and you're just like, well, what's in there? Like the creature from the Black Lagoon? Like what? I'm not jumping into that thing. I don't know where the bottom is. Not that we were invited to jump into it, but you know what I mean? Like if, if I was like, I can only imagine back in Hearst day that they would have, would have had like lights in the pool or something to like yep. throw, make it more hospitable looking. Are you talking about Second Beach Pool? Is that what it was called? I, I'm wondering. Well, it's no, in Stanley Park. I don't is think it was. I don't think it was. I don't think it was at Second Beach. I think it was closer to where like Lumberman's Arch is and where the where the where the uh, water park is now. Okay. More, like more kind of central on the seawall, like uh, you know, kind of thing. Okay. Uh, by you... the way, the Kitts Pool is indeed a saltwater pool. Second Beach Pool was a saltwater pool, is now a freshman's a fresh uh, oh, freshwater okay. pool. Okay. Uh, Lumberman's Arch Swimming Pool. Let me take a look at the. At that, at that guy there. Oh, I see what you're talking about. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a creepy pool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's terrible looking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't know if it still exists. No, it doesn't. They took it took it away. because it just. Oh, how many people did it kill before that? <laughs> exactly. How this many people is basically where the girl the... from The Ring uh, does her laps. <laughs> exactly. It's the sort of thing you imagine, like some sort of horrible creature emerging from. No, yeah. that was a ghastly thing. And, you know, and to see that as a kid, I was, just, especially as someone who loves to swim. 
you know, like to me, like water is a thing to jump into. And, but when I looked at that, I was just like, oh no, you're not fooling me. Oh, I'm yeah, not getting there. And it would, and it was affected by the tide as well. So when the tide was out, the water yeah. level would drop and then you would, it would reveal like all the muscles and barnacles on the side of the, <laughs> on the walls of the thing. And you're like, how do you get out? Do you climb up the, do you climb up the, um, oh, I'm hitting another microphone in here. Do you climb up the, uh, the wall? Like you climb up the muscles, like a ladder? Like, I don't know. Like, blah, blah, blah. No, I yeah, that is a legitimately creepy pool. Yeah. It was not, not fun. And for, yes, as I say, there's something, something about jumping into unknown like that, that just, that I just don't dig. Huh. And I will jump into any lake anytime, but uh, yeah, it was just... Yeah. That's the Dave promise. He will do that. <laughs> exactly. You tell just, Dave, as you say, to yeah. jump in the lake. He will do, <laughs> jump in any lake that you tell him to. Well, yeah, I just love water. I remember going up the very first time I went to where Lisa's brother, brother and sister-in-law have their cabin. The first time I went there, actually, I did not go. They didn't even know about it at that time. I went to visit my brother and his first wife's parents had a cabin there. And so... Mary and I went up when Lisa had, had gone away and yeah, like the first, you know, Cam's like, well, do you want to go? My brother Cam was, do you want to go for a ride in the boat? And I'm like, yeah, that sounds fun. So we're in the lake. We stop. We're just kind of just sort of drifting there. And I'm like, this is time to jump in. So I jumped, jumped in, started swimming around. He jumped in. We were swimming, having some fun and stuff. And then when I was leaving, he went, you know, that was the most swimming I've ever done. Years when, you know, like, cause I'm just like water time to swim. Yeah. And it's a yeah. fun lake to swim. And I, I'm going to go up there this summer for sure. Oh, that's great. I'm thinking of uh, taking some uh, some time off from work. So I know when I mentioned that to the family, everyone fell over. <laughs> like, what? You're going to take a holiday? So the last holiday I took was in 2012. So, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, because you thought it was the end of the world, like we all did with 2012. <laughs> that's right. We saw that Mayan calendar and we're like, well, you might as well. Yeah. What's, what's it going to matter? I thought, well, I might as well do it. If I might as well be in England when this happens. So, yeah, we went to England. Yeah, it might as well. Yeah. It's a good place to be. But I have not taken like, besides like having you know statutory holidays, I have not taken any vacation time from work since then. So I'm, I'm thinking I will take some time off. Do you uh, not like vacations, or do you just uh, uh, feel your value at work and you don't want to make waves, or why why don't you take a vacation? Yeah, make waves is part of it, and part of it is just that you know I'm getting paid, I'm getting paid to work. Yeah, I'm getting paid for my vacation time on top of that. And if I don't take vacation time, I'm still getting paid money to work and also getting paid vacation time. I'm getting more money that way. Right. And so I get more money. And so I'm, I'm like, you know, this keeps a, keep the family afloat, me working. Okay. So that's, you know, important. But also I do have this horrible, you know, my inferiority complex thing where I feel like if I'm gone, people realize that they don't need me. And so then... I just need to be there to remind people, you know what? I actually have some value here, guys. <laughs> so don't think about replacing me, although you, you know, you do, but just don't do it more than you've done it already. So, yeah. Okay. I just, I just know you've got so many good vacation memories, you know, that you talk about. Yeah. I yeah. just want to make sure that you get some get vacations some in because you enjoy, oh, yeah. you enjoy them. Oh no, no. I have, I have, I would, I am planning to take um, a more elaborate vacation when we are able to again. Okay, good. All right. Make sure take some time off. Next next year maybe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see would, what happens. Yeah, I'd like uh, some time uh working in the next little while. That's my <laughs> you've, had an, you've had enough vacation. I think I have. I think this has been fun. Uh it's not even uh it's not even vacation. This is this is something I was talking to P about yesterday. Yeah. Uh by the way, she gave me a haircut and it worked out. Whew. 
That was nice. Oh, <laughs> oh my good. gosh. I got my hair uh, cut on, I, I got my hair cut on Saturday too. I actually went to the the hairdressers and got my hair cut. Oh wow. Oh, wow. Uh, Fancy da, yeah. I I only I only I only go by appointment, sir. Oh, very good. Yeah. Well, if you can do that, then you can do it at the gym. You can call pretend it's like a a hair salon. Lisa did cut like did do some trims on my hair. Like she kept she kept the back from getting too raggedy and horrible, but but uh, I insisted on getting like a having someone who likes, you know, is paid to hair, cut hairs to do the Sure. That's what I was going to do and then it just got too much and it was yeah. like yeah, and then and then you we know, both Pia have watched, thick hair, right? So yeah, Pia Pia watched a lot a lot of videos, and you know she <laughs> is one of these kind of people who you know even though we didn't want to like fix her own mixer, uh, <laughs> she she can basically do anything. Yeah, so it's one of, it's one of those situations where like you know she's going to learn how to do this. Well, she just learned completely how to do that. Mm. So um, so she watched all these videos, and then so we ordered uh, some uh, scissors. And uh, what what you need from Amazon, yeah. and, uh, and it came like the next day. It was weird. It was weird. It was like too fast. It was like, <laughs> no, stop why, it. Why a month ago was this supposed to take a month to get here? What's I know. I ordered two things. One, I ordered uh, scissors, and you also, it also came with like you know a smock, yeah, and uh, stuff. And uh, I also ordered some pens, like really basic flare pens, like just basic basic pens. Yeah. And so and so the scissors and all that uh, stuff came like. The next morning, like immediately, mm. and the pens are going to be coming in maybe August, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> weird. Uh, take that. I know long. it is weird. I know Sorry. we're so spoiled by Amazon. Like I went to order something. I think it was. I think actually it was the digital recorder that, okay. I, that we are currently recording the show on here in in in, in the Stu Studio, and it was um yeah it was like a month to get it through amazon and you're so spoiled because before that like i'm an amazon prime member and i was used to like two-day shipping and you know even one day shipping as an option because we have the warehouse in 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 uh, locally now and so and i'm not a regular amazon user but you still get spoiled by the by the instant instantaneous nature of it so that when it was like you know we're currently you know uh doing whatever like they're doing by priority or something like that so i guess people ordering toilet people toilet paper at that time were first and then everyone right. else fell in some place along the list and i was a month away from getting and i was just like well that's no good because i want it right away like i you know i want it to be like a store like that's that's why i like shopping in stores like when you walk into a store and then you just buy it and you walk out the door and then you have it in your hands you don't you don't have to like order it and then wait a week for it to come which you know i'm just uh, i'm too impatient for that you know what I mean? Like when you order something from Amazon, you're like, okay, it says it's going to take a week. That's fine. It's going to take a week. It's going to take a week to get here. I'm going to deal with that. It's fine. And then like an hour later, you're like looking up, <laughs> what? Let me just check this thing. Where is it? And it's not been shipped yet. What the hell? This is ridiculous. I know. Do they know who I am? Oh, they do. And that's why? Oh, it makes sense. I mean, there's something like I, uh, I ordered the documentary now, uh, uh, collection which is season one and two from them okay and yeah it came very fast it was like oh this is great yeah and i know like the the third season has been done for like a year mm. and i keep looking at like well where the hell is it mm. i i you owe this to me how <laughs> dare you not give me this thing that i want immediately yeah. amazon yeah yeah uh this thing on a complete side note something that's kind of neat uh and is also a plug for our book sparks uh, Sparks has been doing uh, pretty good on Amazon lately, okay, uh, good. So, which has been which has, has been nice. But uh, the other day I, I looked and checked, and it was doing okay. 
Mm. Uh, but it wasn't doing as well as our second book, which was uh, for at least that day was selling better. Oh, really? Than, uh, the book, yeah, Sparks Double Dog Dare, which is coming out August fourth, uh, was which you can pre-order yeah. from either Amazon or your local bookstore. Yeah, order it from your local bookstore. Um, <laughs> Those folks put, love put, you. Put, 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 your, put your pre-order in yeah. uh, for it, but it was like interesting seeing, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's that's nice to see that the the second book is uh, is overtaking the first book a little bit, and so that's uh, that was a little bit of a treat to see that. Um, but what I was saying before was, uh, with, with the idea of like, you know, work is, um, I was saying to Pia and she was finding this to be the same thing was we've got things that need doing, but it's very difficult, um, prioritizing and, uh, and, and keeping a schedule when there's thing is so loosey goosey. And also (laughs) the, this, like normally I would like get up. And I would go do like a walk to somewhere yeah. or go to a coffee shop or sure. go swimming or like all the things that I would normally do. Those are no, none of that. Or even something like I would look at the news and I would watch the news and kind of get a little for about a half hour and just kind of get into what is going on with the news. But the news is just like nothing anymore. The news is just, ah! so it's like, okay, I can't even do the news. Um, <laughs> And and I'm sleeping I'm sleeping bad because it's stressed it's all stress stuff and mm. so 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 she so we're getting like bad sleep and uh, and yeah it's just tough to like motivate yourself to get a schedule and keep you know motivate yourself to keep doing the work that needs to be doing also because a lot of the things that we're doing we really can't hand them off to anyone because there's no one there to hand them off to yet there will be in the future but not now mm. so it's, it's like. Uh, yeah, all this structure that was like around our lives and how we worked just went completely fell apart. Yeah. It was just, yeah. you know, I, th- I feel like I'm in one of those schools, uh, you know, when I was a kid, they were like, hey, man, there's no rules. There's no walls, man. Just learn math on your own, man. <laughs> you know, at your own time and pace, baby. There you go. Yeah, I'm no, I'm not great. You know, I, I like, I, I like not having someone wake me up. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But then after that, I don't mind a bit of structure. Yeah, I, all they ask yeah. is they wake me up before they go go. Oh, is that right? That's well, you know, were you planning on going solo? <laughs> I wasn't planning on going solo, but that's okay. fine. Gonna hit that high. Don't. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And then it look actually now that I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. very shortly after that, George Michael did go solo. He was predicting it in the song. <laughs> Andrew uh, Ridgely or Wrigley or whatever Ridgely, his name yes. was. You're right, Andrew Ridgely. He should have uh, he should have gotten a heads up from his own song. Sure, sure. Should have learned it. All he did was take those millions of pounds and put them in his pocket. That it poor, was a that good, poor guy. <laughs> yeah, it was a good it was a good era for uh, one handsome guy, one not so handsome guy. Uh, uh, groups. Andrew Ridgely wasn't that handsome. I don't think so. I think it was like Tears for Fears, mm. where it's like you know, yeah. one mm-hmm. and one. Meh. One and guy, Simon and, Gar- yeah. Yeah. Simon and Garfunkel, mm? and then meh, you know, just <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if either. I don't know if either of them are exactly statues, but okay. I mean, Art Garfunkel's got a very pretty face. Okay, I think. Yeah. Okay. You know, he's got the weird hair. Sure, sure yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> um, but, it's uh, like a halo. It's like a halo for him. 
Yeah, and then you got like the you know uh, Paul Simon, who's fine. He's a fine, he's fine sure. little, fine guy. I was gonna say little. <laughs> I think he's a different species. Oh man! I think I think there's like <laughs> six others of him that live in the woods. It's a well-known fact music. that when he was going to write a new song, he would be singing "Hi ho, hi ho." It's off to work I go. Uh, not to say anything from that, but I just pointing that out as an actual known fact. So yeah, right. Yeah, that's yes. Everything's and there we go. <laughs> So that's a, but I mean, wait. So which is the era? Because you just brought up Simon and Garfunkel. So which was the era where you could have like a pretty boy and a and a, and a not so oh, pretty I think, boy I together? Think the eighties was a good. time Eighties was for... the best time for the duo. There yeah, were, for... there were a lot of duos that time. There was Blamange, the electro electro duo. The um, what are they called? Orchestral maneuvers in the dark. They were a duo. Wham, right. of course. Right. Well, you also had bands that just had the one handsome guy out front. So you had like an aha and you shoved the handsome guy out oh, okay. front. You had like a human league, shoved the handsome guy out front. Phil, uh, what was Phil, the deal Oak- with... Phil Oakley. Yeah, I need to uh, I, I need to see a picture of the guys from Soft Oakey, Cell. Actually. I think uh, I think Soft yeah, Cell... Yeah, Dave Ball and Mark Allman, I guess. I don't know. I guess well, it, uh, They're both kind of goofy looking. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if Mark Allman exactly counts. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Yeah, no. That's one that kind I, of falls I, outside of here. How about how about Yaz or uh, or Yazoo as they were called here? There was sure, Alison yeah, Moyer yeah. and uh, and Clark. Dave, not Dave Clark, but something Clark. Yeah, I can't remember that. Well, you know, uh, and Thompson twins, they were okay. They were Thompson fine. twins, sure, sure. But they were actually yeah, three people. There was actually three, three of them. Was... Okay, how about this? I'll yeah. give you. Uh, how about Eurythmics? There you go. Eurythmics, yep. uh, goofball yeah, guy and goofball uh, guy, beautiful woman. Beautiful woman, yeah. That's that's All right. Lennox, very very beautiful. Uh, Mork and Mindy just po- popped up. I don't think that's appropriate. No, and of course, I, don't know why I mean, the, the obvious one, Dave. The yeah. obvious one. Yeah. The, pro- the Proclaimers. The proclaimers, one stun- of course. The one stunningly handsome one and the one uggo. <laughs> right? Well, like the one, they the one who wore the like, glasses obviously was the ugly was, one. I I normally yeah. favor the ladies, but I mean, that guy, come on. But the other guy... <laughs> Not for a million dollars. Not for a million dollars. And with like a bottle of whiskey in me. I mean, sure. come on, no way. Sure. Sure. Uh, you know, Captain and Tennille, I'll give you that. <laughs> well, love kept them together until it didn't. Until it didn't. Yeah. But they, they still worked together later on, and that was fine. Oh, here's one. Hollow yeah. Oates. They're both yeah. good looking. Oh, Oates? Yeah, he's good looking. Do Really? Oates? I mean, that's nice that you say that. <laughs> I mean, look, and there's nothing, and I'm not, both, I'm not. I'm not one to judge on to looks. I'm not one to judge on looks. Apparently, you are, because you just, you just, just, just denounced Oates. When I think that they're both like good-looking guys. All right, that's uh, that's that's I'm not fine. Saying okay. gonna, not going to set the world on fire, but they're both good-looking guys. Eh, pet shop boys about equal, about equal. Well, when, yeah. yeah, I think the younger guy had the had the edge there. The musician, okay. the musician guy had the edge. Erase your. Uh, let's see. That's, hey, that's Vince people. Clark. Rachel's Vince Clark as well, right? Because that's Vince Clark and, and the singer guy. Yeah. And and Yaz was also Vince Clark, and that was Elson Moyer, though, instead of... Uh, interesting. After he left Depeche Mode, he just did... He only only did duos after that. Yeah, and that was all. That was the only bands in the 80s. So that's it. Yeah. That's it. No more. We named them all. We named... Done. Done. <laughs> We're done. They're all done. De- <laughs> Dexy's Midnight Runners. No one. Yeah. No one in that group. Maybe the... Back maybe- when it was shot. Maybe the the lady in the second the, the Mark II version for uh, "Don't Stand Me Down." True. Was she, uh, was she in the Was she in the Mark One version? I don't remember now. Uh, maybe there was. Maybe she was in Mark Two, and Mark Three is the "Don't Stand Me Down" version. So wait a second. Okay, so for "Searching for the Young Soul Rebels," they're dressed like they're dock workers. Okay. For Turai A, if that's what that one's <laughs> called, they are dressed like 
I don't know what they're just saying. They wear they were cover they were coveralls or overalls. Are they just like gypsies? Is that what they're supposed to be? I don't really understand that the get up there. And then mm. and then for don't stand me down, they are dressed like they're they're just like bankers. They're wearing Brooks Brothers suits and and they're all very proper looking. Okay. So those are the those are the three versions of of and I don't know what they're like now because I think they are back to making music together. Some some form of the Dixie's Midnight Runners. Yeah. Did you know? Here's a fact for you. So right. for for the album that I I'm calling Two Right Two Right A, which I, mean, I don't know if that's the actual name for it, the one that okay. has uh, uh, Come On Eileen on it, this, their second mm-hmm. album. Apparently, I like every one of their songs except Come On Eileen. That's the one that doesn't do it for me. Really, I really like. That's a song I love. Although, yeah, <laughs> funny. That's so funny. Hit, sorry, <laughs> I have like the the next album, which was not a hit, called Don't Stand Me Down, which I quite like. The, but the like their 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 singles like the 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 song on it that I guess we're supposed to like I think it's like eight minutes long or longer it's like a weirdly long song but what the version I really like strangely is there's an instrumental version that has like the sung choruses I really enjoy that version of it I don't know why it's just really maybe I, maybe I'm not a lot big a fan of Kevin Rowland's yelping voice but um, apparently after searching for the Young Soul Rebels. The band broke up for a while, and one of the guys went off, and he was doing his own project, and he developed the sound of the next version, the Two Rae, the Come On Eileen version. And then Kevin Rowland heard what he was doing, and he stole this guy's thing that he was doing, and he then he did it with Dexy's Midnight Runners. Seems really mm-hmm. seems really terrible to me, but there you go. That's music for everybody. It's a cutthroat business out there, rock and roll. No one can like each other. It's all competition. Rock and roll. It's, it's all Don Henley being a jerk to poor old Don Felder. Exactly. All the it's that Don on Don. It's Don on Don. Uh, exactly. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just it's just sad. And if you want to hear more of this music trivia, uh, <laughs> you should listen to the Sneaky Dragon uh, listening party, you which should. is another podcast yeah. that David has. Yeah, you that should. He does with his daughter uh, Mary. We just we just put out our newest episode. It came out on Thursday, and uh, we took a little break from our mixtape. Um, business and we did a, a fun show where we did uh, top five we did four top five lists oh nice because four top five lists is over is 20 songs basically there's 21 songs in the show and that's a lot we usually do about 11 so it's was, it was, it was kind of a, it's always long I don't know we end up doing such long shows because we're such two yakky people and then the music you know it just, it all adds up but um, but yeah it was a lot of fun we did um, top five uh, top five I'm so mad at my label songs mm-hmm. top five Christian uh, crazy Christian rock songs, uh, top five Satan songs, and then top five <laughs> top five obscure prog songs. What was one of the uh, Satan songs? Was it uh, "Sympathy for the Devil"? Nope, that was Devil. I had to have Satan in the words or in the title. Okay, uh, Chinchilla by uh, Cub. Oh, as he say Satan, I didn't know that one. I didn't. didn't know yeah, it starts with Satan sucks, but <laughs> you're the best. Holy smokes, you passed the test. Oh man, I sh- when I'm with you, I feel blessed. Chinchilla. Yep. Which album is that from? I only have Betty Cola. I don't have uh, any other. I think that is on Betty Cola. Oh, okay. I I'll think I'll have to give that a listen again. Uh, it's been a while since I listened to that one. Darn, I, I could have been on my on my list. Um, no, it was um, what was a song? I'll give you a sample song. Well, it, it opens with a crazy song from the early '70s. Called... Yeah, my chinchilla is the sixth song on Betty Cole. Ah, well, there you go. Could have used it. If only I knew that album better. It's been a while since I listened to it. Um, Cover by Dan DiCarlo. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a song that's called well, uh, "Come to the Sabbat," and it's like 
this weird it's a weird song and it's from a weird time in in world history when you could do a song in all seriousness and the main the chorus of the song is come 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 to the sabbat come to the sabbat satan's there and it's sung with great excitement it's so strange to me so yeah that was kind of like the jumping off point when i heard that song i was listening to a a collection of songs called fill fill your head with rock and um oh, nice. a columbia it was a columbia uh, compilation al- album uh, twofer um which i bought because i had previously bought the one called fill your head with jazz and so i bought this one because it was called fill your head with rock and i was like oh this is a good companion piece but anyway it had the song in it by, by this band called black widow and uh come to the sabbat and it's very very strange and so yeah songs like that so yeah it's a lot of fun so if you're interested Interested in hearing some obscure Christian rock songs from the late 60s, early 70s, done by rank amateurs. One band, fantastic band, can't believe how good they were, almost fell out of my chair when I discovered they recorded the album between grades 11 and 12. What? I know, it's amazingly good. Like, you will not, if you heard the song, uh, it's it's crazy how, like, I'm not saying it's the best thing ever made, but I'm just saying, like, for how old they were and their resources and stuff, like, it is mind-blowing anyway i really I re- yeah i admire uh, people that uh, get stuff done during uh their teen years yeah i'm like yeah. Uh, how well how do you get it you done? Know what? what with all the uh, uh, chaos read this read the, the one of the guys in the band or the keyboard player there's just three kids in the band uh mm-hmm. wrote a little piece about doing it and he posted the music just for anyone to listen to which is i didn't hear it that way but i found all the rest of the songs i just i'd i just kind of go around the net and and try and find like weird compilations people put up and stuff like that and so somebody put up one called uh the noise of solemn assembly and it was just a collection of weird uh, christian uh rock and psych music from the 60s and 70s and so this song was on there and i was like oh this is so good so when i was researching it i found this page that the guy had done and here's the secret to their success you ready for this it's gonna blow your mind you ready yeah. S- supportive parents. Support- <laughs> supportive parent. That that's the secret. The parents gave them a place to rehearse. Let them use, uh-huh. let them use the basement in one of their friends' houses. Bought them instruments. Paid for them. They begged their parents, and their parents paid for them to get to use a professional studio in a different city. They were from like Columbus, Ohio. They went to Bloomington, Indiana. I don't know how far they. I don't know how far they are apart. I'm sorry, I don't know the the exact geography of these stories, but it could have been two hours away. I don't know. But anyway, but it's a different city, and they went to this different city and recorded there for a week in a professional studio with a a guy who had been um, Henry Mancini Mancini's drummer, and so so like the drum sound on this on this thing is just like blowing blows my mind. Like how great it sounds. A really good drummer. Like this kid is just fantastic, and then uh, and yeah, it's just. But yeah, just supportive parents. Like, how did they get this done? Because their parents said, you guys are having a lot of fun doing this. And, you know, have fun. Like, go at it. Like, we'll, we'll put some money together for you. No problem. Like, you know, it's just great. And they printed up some albums and they sold them around town. And, and obviously at some point, some, you know, crate digger found this album by this group called Vindic- Vindication and said, oh, crazy uh, Christian psych rock. This looks great. It's mine. So I took it home, played it. This is great made tapes, sent it to other people so they could hear it. And then, you know, that's how these sort of things travel. And yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. But like I say, it sounds, it sounds like parents. those guys, uh, those kids are a bunch of softies. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> those, kids, those parents have made them soft. And they, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's really, uh, you got, they got to play in a garage. And by that, I mean, on a garage, on the roof of the garage, in the rain. That's the only way you get to be tough and you get to good. 
is you got to have rocks thrown at you and horrible. Nah, forget it. And then part of the story is something that we're all mad at these days, but it's the reason that they were able to reconnect was Facebook. They'd all kind of drifted away from each other and didn't really know each other anymore. And then they reconnected on Facebook and, and uh, became friends again. So yeah, it's just crazy. I'm glad, well, I'm glad to hear that. It just, that kind of just reminds me of like a, a discussion I've heard a couple of times now about like comedy and whether or not you have to, uh, you know, people who do comedy just for like their own audiences. Yeah. And it's like, I just do comedy and you just do comedy for audiences that like you mm. and they really enjoy the show and what have you. They're like, no, you can't do that. What you got to do, say the old timers, yeah. uh, uh, the hardcores is like, you got to be able to do your act everywhere. You got to make it bulletproof. You got to go and do it <laughs> at places that don't want to see. You. And you got to yeah, make yeah. sure those jokes are tight and watertight. And, da, da, da. and to me, I go like, why don't you just do it for the people who like it? What's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with, what's wrong with, I mean, they're people- both, they're both okay. I mean, if you, if, if you want to, if it's your dream to like play anywhere or have an act that's, you know, that can be listened to by any group of people, then go for it if that's that's what you want to do. But if yeah. you don't want to do that, then you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, what do you do? I, I make sandwiches. Oh, who do you make them for? Uh, people to come up to my shop and want those sandwiches. <laughs> no, you got to take those sandwiches. And you got to take those sandwiches and those meat sandwiches and take them to vegetarians. And you got to make them eat them. Yeah, and that's the yeah. only way. You got to make those sandwiches. Uh, everyone has to like them. What if they're allergic to them? Doesn't matter. You got to find a way to make them like them. I don't know. It's just, a, it's a very old school mentality. It, it does. I, it does. When you, when you put it in the form of sandwiches, I don't really think you can compare like someone's creative work to sandwiches. Cause I guess you could say the same thing about music. Like, like to me, like I'm you got to play, you got, but I mean, what's the, what's the fun of that to play, like to go into a, a bar to, and play for yeah. a bunch of people that are indifferent to what you're doing. That doesn't you're sound really fun. You're never going to, yeah, you're never going to like appeal to everybody. Yeah. Like to me, it feels like if you, like, here's the downside to doing that. Yeah. And, and I've now just realized it while I was talking. So good for me. I've made a revelation <laughs> for myself. Which wait, is wait, like, wait, wait, sorry. Downside to playing for people who the, don't want to hear you. The downside, the downside to when you've got your bulletproof joke. Yeah. The joke that works everywhere yeah. with every audience. Yeah. What that means is you've made a very generic joke <laughs> that, that now is so generic that everybody enjoys mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I you, think that's you have, yeah. You, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you have like cut all the edges off it, and all the crusts are gone. Yeah, and like, you know it's fine. You've got it now. Everyone will enjoy it. Yeah, look, that's not like, really what I'm thinking about though. I'm thinking like if you have like, <coughs> your own individual act, and you're not like making it quote unquote bulletproof or for everyone, but no more that you have the the psychic strength to do your act for people who aren't all that interested in what you're doing. Because if you're only playing for people who are your fans, you know, it's possible that when you played for a group of people who aren't your fans and who are just kind of like mildly interested in what you're doing, that that might be a real, maybe you shake you, you know, like you may walk away from that going, am I any good? Like normally I pay for pe- play for people and they really like what I'm doing, but these people didn't seem to be interested at all. Like, oh, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not all I think I am. Like, you know, that might, you may not have like the toughness, you know, and that, and I can see that as being a point, but at the same time, like if you don't want to, if you don't want to do that, then don't do it. Like, just, I think there is a machismo. Yeah, I think there's definitely a machismo uh, aspect to it of like I can do my act anywhere, yeah. anytime. I'll and you know I'll take on the toughest room and yeah, I'll yeah. flatten them and I'll kill them, man. <laughs> and it was it was listening to a podcast. I listened to a couple of different podcasts uh, with Hannah Gadsby. Uh, in them and and how she was developing shows where yeah. she was developing shows for the Edmund uh, Edinburgh uh, Fringe Festival sure, for the most sure. part. Yeah. And there was like some other 
festival that was in Australia, I believe she was also doing it for. So yeah. the way that comedians... The, uh, the South Edinburgh Film Festival, or uh, Festival, Fringe Festival. <laughs> That's, okay. Uh, but how, how comedians develop material for that is they yeah. come up with a new hour a year yeah. that's themed and they build it all and then they then they work it yeah. and they, they perform it in other places and then bring it there but like a uh, a north american comedian uh works on their jokes individually and you know it's a very different structure and then when they use when they go to the french festival usually they tank because it's things aren't themed and they don't all wrap together and they don't all connect. Yeah. And people expect more of a cohesive uh, show. Sure. And so uh, and so yeah, uh, because you're always working in this kind of festival circuit, you uh, you perform at, at at venues that are more festival friendly and people that understand. Oh, you're working this stuff for the festival. I get that. Like the audiences get that. And so they get that they're going to see a themed show. And like, if something doesn't completely work in the middle, they don't go, what? Oh, they're tanking now. Boo. You stink. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, this is probably going to go somewhere. And we realize that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it was like, well, yeah. So you're doing, you're doing shows for people that want to see you. Wait, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> that sounds, that sounds pretty good. Unfortunately, we don't really have that here in Vancouver, unless you're doing something like, you know, a regular alternative uh, room, like uh, somewhere, and people, you know, just know. Oh, okay, the flavor of this room is this, and yeah. you can go there every week. And I can actually experiment a little bit and stretch, you know, stretch out a little bit. And and then when I think of like the comedians that I like, most of them, those are the rooms that they really kind of took off in and and changed their act into the kind of stuff that I like. Sure. And then the ones that are more the hardcore ones that have the generic, you know, more generic stuff and sure. that plays everywhere. Yeah. They're not really for me. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same with you. I'm when you, when you talk about like the really kind of macho comedians, and I'm thinking of someone like Bill Burr or something like that. It's not really my cup of tea personally. You know, personally yeah. I mean, he's probably the best of that type of guy. Sure. He's, and, and yes, he's still not really for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't yeah, know, I I to say he's not funny. I just, it's not for me, you know, I forget the name of the guy. It's Greg something, but he was the guy who came up with the. Uh, he's just not that into you, Greg Brady. Uh, thing. What's that? Greg Brady. It's not Greg Brady. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, it's Greg something. It's Greg something else, I believe. But I, I remember he was performing uh, at like the Vancouver Comedy Festival, and, we, and it was yeah, a show that we were there like, together. He was at the. Uh, it was. It was the. Um, whatever they call it, the Scott Ackerman thing. Yeah. Comedy, uh, comedy bang bang. Comedy bang bang. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and he's uh, he's he's friends with everybody who's there, and, mm-hmm, it's, and, mm-hmm. and he was very popular. So sure. you know, there you go. Um, but uh, so so you know, you had like Andy Kindler, you had like uh, 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 Tim and Eric, you had uh, yeah, again Scott Scott Ackerman, all these uh, all these comedians that were the alternative comedians, Bob and David, I think, and then yeah. and then he came out. And his act wasn't bad, yeah. but it was like about the difference between men and women. Yeah. And it was like all stuff that like in a normally comedy club would do fine. It was mm-hmm. that's, it's it's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. It was just like so generic. Yeah. That it was just like, eh, there you go. Well, this there's no reason to watch this. It's <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's just yeah. fine. But like everyone else was doing something different, and it was exciting to see people doing things that were different. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it's like, eh. oh, uh, Greg. Uh, ben, oh man, B H R E N D T. That's Berent. Berent. Yeah. There, there you go. That was different. Uh, that was much, much different than the name I was thinking it was. So I'm glad I didn't. Glad I didn't honestly guess. <laughs> so, so yeah, that was like a Greek last name. Not a. Yeah, it's just name. such an odd thing because he's one of these guys who was a very generic 
comedian who was fine yeah. and then came up with this one phrase mm -hmm. and th that really caught on. Yeah. And it was almost like the uh, Bart Simpson, I didn't do it kid <laughs> and like really made the circuit. Yeah. And uh, yeah. he wrote a self-help book. Yeah. Uh, he had a TV show where he was helping people kind of Oprah style, but did nothing. Uh, <laughs> he had a movie that was the, the just not into you movie. And uh, then that's the end of that. <laughs> Well, I hope he made some money out of it, but yeah, it felt. It also felt well, he like he made money out of it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he spent it all, but he <laughs> he made it. Uh, it also felt like his comedy act was not him; that it was a group of people he hired to write an act for him. And I don't know. It was so generic that uh, it's possible he could have written it himself. Nah, yeah. I, I have a feeling it was developed for him, and he just maybe he just did it because there was absolutely nothing. It was so generic. There was no personality in there. There's no. There's no Greg Barrett in it. It was just the most, you know, just like he said to someone, I need some jokes based on this theme. What, what can you do? And the guy said, oh, okay, I'll write you some, write you some, I'll write you, a, I'll write you, you know, your 10 minutes or whatever. And he goes, okay, perfect. Yeah. Watching it, it was, it was like, just, it was, it was really interesting to watch because it really did feel like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Look at him. He's doing that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's adorable. Because there's people that look do that, him. right? Like that Josh Elvis Weinstein, that he, that's what he does for people, right? He writes. What, he, he writes. writes uh, stuff? He'll write. He'll make. Give them ten minutes or an hour or whatever of material, okay. and then they just do the 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 thing he wrote for them. You know. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I mean, it's probably okay. I'm sure it's. You know, I'm sure that he does the best he can. But at the same time, it's not. It's not the performers stuff it's not nothing to do with them they're not connected to in any way it's not based in their observations not based in their life it's based in nothing about them it's just them you know it's based in stereotypes of men and women <laughs> yeah that case like, for sure yeah and it's like are we are we still are we still doing that yeah, yeah. okay really All right, men, are, men are still from mars yeah men like to party and women are like i want a baby all right fine <laughs> okay do they want to party with a baby maybe you guys should just have a party baby i don't think that, that... way you both could enjoy that if you had a baby and the baby came out and went let's party it's like <laughs> now you both got what you wanted but you just had to have a party baby <laughs> my my opinion would be that it's if, you know people want to party then they shouldn't be having babies that's the two don't really mix together very well okay don't need any party babies well, what if they want to party like it's 1999? Then just don't have a baby yet. Do your partying, and then when you're done all that, then think about it. Okay. Don't rush it. Okay. That's good advice. That's good advice. And also, if you're partying like it's 1999, yeah. it's a lot of worrying about Y2K. <laughs> it's a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Was that what it was? I wasn't really worried about it myself, but... I can't think of anything else about 1999 that you would be... Uh, that would be a big concern. I mean... You don't know. You don't know what's coming. Yeah, I mean, people were really worked up about the fact that the, it was a new millennia, but it wasn't. It was still a year away, so it was really... Oh, yeah, everyone was having that argument about that's yeah, like yeah, when the millennia yeah. starts. No, it starts a year from now. Shut up, Matthew! <laughs> pound, pound, punch, punch. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Yeah, there was a lot of pounding and punching. I'm slightly worried still about AIDS. Yeah, me too, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Not too much. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. In okay, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> In 1999? Yeah, I guess so. Still a little bit. Yeah. You weren't. You were married. So, you know, it <laughs> wasn't a big deal for you. I guess that was it. I, I was... The rest of us were having to go like, yeah, no, you've got to be careful. Mm. I guess. Still? Yes. I sure. Guess... All right. I, mean, so I, guess, on. I guess you're right. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I met Lisa and then we never parted. So I didn't have to nope. think about that stuff. I guess that's lucky. I mean, I thought about it, obviously, but I mean, in term, personal terms. Okay. Well, you don't have to wear a brain condom if you think about it. <laughs> I just meant that it was something that concerned me, but I did not, you know, I wasn't something that I personally worried about 
myself. Uh, okay. You know what I mean? Because I was in a committed relationship that assuming both of us were in and I was fine. Good for you. I was about to go into one, but mm-hmm. I wasn't in one yet. Yeah. Yeah. Till the very end. And then surprise. <laughs> surprise for me. I, well, then that I, should be your memory of 1999. Not, yeah, t- had, not partying had, like you're pretending. Well, it was it's... literally like the last couple of days. Like it was like very much the last couple of days. It's like saying your memory of like Wednesday was the last three minutes. Which, to be fair, if you then meet the love of your life, then yes, it should be. But Because you know, really, if, if you're partying like it's 1999, you're actually partying <laughs> like it's 1983. Because that's when that Ding Dang song came out. Oh, boy. Okay, so what are you worried about in 1983? <laughs> uh, my acne. Okay. Yeah. I guess Fair I was enough. worried about that. My weight. I was a ter- I had terrible, uh, terrible kind of anorexia then. So. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. No, I, yeah. Yeah, I just... So, yeah, I was majorly worried about my weight, and um, which was crazy because I was like so, so insanely skinny then. Well, that's not, that's not how uh, anorexia works, obviously, but yeah. It doesn't no, matter what you really It doesn't look. matter. Yeah, that's what I mean. It doesn't matter what I really look. I'm just saying it was crazy that I thought that, but yes, it was, it was a major concern. Um, what else was I concerned about in 1983? I don't know. The switchover. The switchover from previous me to new me. Was... Oh, I thought you were going to say metric. I'm like, was it then? No, that was a, that was a stupid... What a what a blown opportunity that was, hey? I was thinking about that the other day. Because okay. at work, at work wow. I have to do I have to measure everything I work in inches and feet and weigh uh-huh. everything in, in pounds. You do? Yeah. Why? Yeah. You live in Canada. I why know. You, because the reason is because of dumb dumb Joe Clark. Because in the okay. m- the middle of the metric switch the switchover, the liberals were were voted out of office and the conservatives came in. And the first thing Joe Clark did was to, to end the metric conversion program. So we live in a country where half of the things we do are, are metric and the other, the other half of it are still, we still think of in terms of, of Imperial. So when we go to the store, we, all the things we buy are in grams and, and, you know, you, you buy like 200 grams of cut, you know, of luncheon meat or whatever at the deli and you buy gas in liters, but then we measure ourselves in, in inches and we weigh ourselves in pounds, and no one can no one can make the the major shift. Like, do you think of yourself like how tall are you in centimeters? Do you know? No idea. Yeah, because we we of our whole lives we live in this weird straddling both things of of not not our parents never you know switching over, and so thus us never switching over, and it's all because the conservative the. Dodo conservatives who in the middle of the program stopped it. So we still have two by fours. We buy three quarter inch plywood or one or half inch plywood instead of like if you watch like a a British or Australian show where they're where they're doing woodworking, they talk in like nine millimeter plywood or six millimeter plywood and, and stuff. And actually, like three quarter inch plywood isn't actually three quarter inches. It actually is a metric size because everywhere else in the world is metric. So all industry is is secretly metric. But it just it just couches itself in imperial terms. So if you measure like a three quarter inch plywood, it actually measures in, in more accurately in millimeters than it does in in, uh, in, uh, in you know inches or whatever. And plus, inches are so dumb. Like it's so hard to work with that stuff. Like you try and like you know you measure something and you're like, oh, it's uh, you know ten and five thirty seconds. Now I gotta put this in half. So what would half of five thirty seconds would be? Oh, it's just like well, forget it. Just do it in Forget centimeters. It. Do it in centimeters. It's easier. It's tens. You know, you should be worried about in 1983. Yeah. Margaret Thatcher just got elected. Why do I care? She's British. Okay. I'm just saying. I actually did care a lot because I used to read Private Eye. So I was like so up on what was happening in every nook and cranny in England at that time. It was crazy. 
All right. Well, because I like doing this kind of thing with you. Sure. Uh, see, see if you can name uh, two movies that came out in 1983. Two movies. 1983. 1983. Uh, was one of them Back to the Future? Uh, Back to the Future came out, uh, I believe, later than that. Oh. 80. I'll say I'll say a James Bond movie came out. How about that? Uh, think doesn't, really, that doesn't really help me. But let me think here. Uh, so that would make so Duran Duran maybe View to a Kill. Uh, view, uh, well, Duran Duran was very popular in 1983, uh, but no, it was Octopussy was the was the oh, one. Oh, really? That that was oh, I thought yeah. that was earlier than uh, that. A very a very popular movie uh, came out involving uh, the stars. Involving the stars. Uh, yeah. So that a very popular movie involving the, the stars. End, it, 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 it wrapped. It was a trilogy, uh, and it wrapped up the trilogy. In eighty, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi came out in eighty three. Yeah, it did. Yeah, that's funny. I think I saw it in eighty four. Maybe I saw. Here's, I, I, here's the here's the movies, the, the popular films from eighty three. Maybe something in the summer of eighty three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. You got your Tootsie. Good movie. You got uh, Trading Places. Good movie. War Games. Meh. Okay, that's the end of good movies. <laughs> uh, you got uh, <laughs> Superman three. Ugh. Uh, flash dance okay yeah what a feeling uh, uh sequel to saturday night fever staying alive uh, never saw it not good uh, you shouldn't it's not great octopussy <laughs> as it said uh national lampoon's vacation that's a good movie uh there was another okay here's another one two james bond movies came out that year oh, never say never again then there you go uh terms of endearment uh that's a good movie. and that's a good and, movie. and yentl i've not seen all of the yentl i've seen part of it but uh, yeah. the part I saw did not make me view view longer. It's uh, Beat It and Billie Jean both uh, came out, and, right. uh, yeah. and it's also a very popular that was song. The biggest album of that year, I'll say. That's right, and also uh, the final episode of a very popular television show uh, happened then. Oh, so that was the last episode of the Andy Griffith, Griffith Show. Finally, Absolutely. that show wrapped it up. Yeah, where uh, Andy do, killed do, uh, Barney do, Barney do, fight. Do, do, do. <laughs> no, it was mash the end of mash oh that terrible 25 million people terrible, and uh and then uh, they all went to the store and bought cabbage patch dolls because that's what happened <laughs> but but here's here's a little trivia question for you on that right. uh what would you say the average monthly rent was in 1983 i'm gonna guess 250 dollars a month it's a bit higher than that dave oh 335. 335. Well, that's close. It's pretty close. Yep. Yeah, that seems about right. That seems about right. I mean, it still felt like a lot then, but yeah. A... How much would a gallon of gas cost you? In 83. I'm yep. going to I'm going to guess I'm going to guess 35 cents. Buck 25. You are really lowballing me here. Oh, maybe I was thinking I was thinking of liters, sorry. Oh, that's <laughs> sorry. fair enough. So well, liter, let, let... 35, so that times that by 4. Because there's mm-hmm. four liters to a gallon, basically. So I'm pretty close. Dollar forty. Fair enough. Okay. How about this? How much would a uh, you got a twelve pack of craft singles? I just want to say that we, because of our mixed up metric system, imperial system here, we do use liters here in Canada for gas. So it's four liters this, to a gallon. So mixed up. And when as soon as I started buying gas, I always bought the liters. So I, I don't really know what it would cost in. In a, a gallon because I didn't I didn't grow up in the states where I would have been buying gallons of gas so so I, okay. I think dollar forty is pretty good so what was he said a dollar dollar twenty five or dollar thirty five dollar twenty five that's pretty close uh, that's probably that's America that's America so it would have been yeah, more a dollar thirty five well. gets you a gallon of two percent milk how, <laughs> a gallon of two percent milk how much would how much for four liters craft well I, well we can figure that out later craft <laughs> singles cheese twelve yeah. slices twelve slices how much is that going to cost you. <laughs> That's By the way, if you go you... over, you lose. Cost you two dollars. 
Ah, you went over, you lose. It is a dollar forty nine. Oh, Tuesdays. Yeah, and I think you're looking at. I think you're looking at a Woodward's uh, flyer from that time uh, period. I, I could be. Dollar forty nine day Tuesdays. What is the average cost of a new house in North America? This is all of North America. In eighty three. In 1983, average cost of a new new house. Okay, I'm gonna guess 90 grand. Uh, 90 grand. Pretty good. 82. You know, we live in Canada, so like I know my parents paid 70 for our house in Delta in 1979. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that my I know that my aunt and uncle paid 100 grand in 1981 for theirs. Okay. So I just think, I mean, the average, I mean, yeah, it's the average, but I mean, you know, that you're averaging between a place that's desirable to live in, like Vancouver, although Vancouver mm-hmm. in those days was not really a desirable place to live in, but, but a, you know, a place that, you know, and then everywhere, you know, like, you know, wherever, kneecap, you know, Saskatchewan or whatever. Like, so yeah, I guess when you take the average, I guess that makes, makes sense. 82 grand. That's pretty, that's, you know, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice to go back to those days. Yep. You would also uh, be there for the debut of the Mario Brothers game. Not Super Mario Brothers. Do not confuse the two. Mm. Uh, and also, uh, what Muppet show started in 1983? I guess Fraggle Rock? Absolutely. And uh, there we go. Nice. Thank you for the the visit to 1983. That was a good walk down memory lane. Now, uh, we should probably turn to our letters page because we've been doing this for about two hours now. And, oh. you know, life uh, life is life and we have to get on with our lives. So do our <laughs> listeners. Uh, we got some letters uh, from last week and the letters... This show uh, is their life. These these questions. Yeah. Uh, first of all, we gave a task. Well, uh, I did give a did. task. I was kind of mean. said, please come up with a good slogan for yeah. Seeky Dragon. Okay. Uh, and or jingle. And we got a couple of jingles. Yeah, really um, nice. We also asked a sub-question. Uh, what's something you're looking forward to doing when the plague has ended? And what do you usually wear when you listen to the show? Well, that's a creepy question. Why did we ask that? But we did. Uh, so there we go. Let's see what uh, people had to say. Uh, our friend Nina, the third dragon, and the artist on the Sparks books we mentioned earlier, says the best thing to do with cherry. Oh, we talked about our ch- uh, my cherry tree and what to do with cherries. I made a pie. It worked out quite nicely. Uh, the best thing to do with cherries is to give them to me. Okay, Nina, if you want to uh, come over and uh, do some picking. Listen, there's some bad cherries on that tree. There's some good cherries on that tree. <laughs> now, I'm just telling you, there's some bad cherries on that tree. There's some cherries that you'll look at, and you will not be able to erase them from your brain. But we're, uh, <laughs> we've are we got it set up uh, where we can get some down. If you want, like, a bag of cherries or something, we'll, we'll work something out. We'll work something out. Right. And if you want frozen cherries, we'll pick them, and we'll freeze them, and we'll give them to you. So we'll figure that out. Uh, so here are the Sneaky Dragon slogans. All right. Uh, get on the wagon. With Sneaky Dragon. Not bad. Get drag in or get drag out. <laughs> I like that one. That's good. Let's get sneaky. Good. That's a good one. Just one more thing. Well, yeah, that's, that could be that's yours. That's you think... say. That's what you say at the end. Oh, of, does that, uh, does that mean? And, <laughs> that yeah, and then the show goes for an extra half hour. That's your seven <laughs> And finally, oh, okay. one, two, three hot dogs. <laughs> Love it. There we go. And Celebrate also, the hot dogs. Oh, as I mentioned to, yeah. to Nina uh, on my reply, next year we're going to have her over for an old-timey cherry picking when we can all socialize and everything, too. Nice, um, nice. Todd. Can I actually uh, just writes, interrupt you? Can I interrupt you? And just, of I just course wanna, you can. I just want to thank listeners. That could be one of our slogans, by the way, is can I just interrupt you? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, one of our listeners, Nettie, sent me a, uh, a video via Facebook. And I just want to 
give her thanks. These are these are thank they're like thanks with um like you know kind of like uh, cold thanks. <laughs> no, no, it was a it was a video of someone making a cold hot dog pie. Oh God, yes, God damn, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh. Oh Lord, <laughs> Jesus! What food do they serve in hell? I, yeah, I just, I just, I've seen oh. it before. I've seen it before. Like, it obviously oh, is one of God. those. It obviously comes from one of those content farms where they oh, just, they Lord. just make like fake recipes and 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 they're like the most oh. insane thing in the world. So, so what it is? So people who don't know what it is, it's uh, you you crumble up hot dog buns and then you put the crumbs in the bottom of like a pie pan. Then you take hot dogs and you you mash them up until they're like, you know, just like a, a meal of hot, like just a ground hot dog. And then you splop that into your pie thing and you squish it all down. And then you cut wieners and you put them along the edge of it until you make sort of a, a crust edge with the, with the, with these sliced uh, hot dog wieners. And then you add a, a crisscross of, of mustard and some relish, I believe. Oh. And, uh, and it's, it's, no, it's, it's not, it's not nice. I don't know. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. I just feel. All right. Like, I'm just uh, gonna walk this off. I can't even think about it. It's just horrific. <laughs> okay. Todd writes. Uh, my pro- my proposal for the Sinky Dragon motto jingle, sung to the tune of Itchy and Scratchy's theme song. Okay. They sneak. They drag. They sneak. They drag. Sneak, sneak, sneak. Drag, drag, drag. The Sneaky Dragon Show. There you go. There you Good. Go. I like it. Hey, hey. That was awful. <laughs> um, a league. We talked about uh, twenty thousand leagues under the sea, yeah. and uh, you asked, "What's the name of the league? Like, is it depth? Is it distance? Here's what it is." Uh, mm. Says Todd, "A league is indeed a unit of length, and the title two thousand leagues under the sea refers to how they travel around the world while underwater. It's not about how deep underwater they go. Since, uh, as Wikipedia tells me, the deepest they'll ever get in the book is four leagues, and going down twenty thousand leagues." would entail going straight through the center of the earth then coming out again the other side and flying off into <laughs> outer space. Mm. Uh, it's also funny how you could mention uh, the books Ulysses and War and Peace as examples of long books thanks to all this COVID time. I finally got around to reading Ulysses a few weeks ago. It wasn't as enjoyable as Dr. Thorne, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I still liked it troll a lot up, more nights. Troll up, troll up, troll up. Well, troll up. I also uh, found one of those great courses classes on the book, which helped uh, me get a lot more out of it than I otherwise would have. Yeah, that's good. And then, yeah, then I was going to try War and Peace. Good. But it uh, turns out uh, War and Peace is roughly twice as long as Ulysses, so I'll probably save it for the next pandemic. Well, good <laughs> news about that. Might be just around the corner. Lucky you, Todd. Yeah. Um, in Harry Potter terms, Ulysses is roughly the same length as Order of the Phoenix, making War and Peace about half as long as all seven Harry Potter books put together. I guess the flip side of that is anyone who has read all the Harry Potter books can probably set aside enough time for War and Peace. Oh, well, maybe later. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've not read Ulysses, but I have read War and Peace. So. I just realized that I I'm am, actually... I'm not ahead of Todd. We are tied neck and neck in our pursuit of reading... Uh, long books? I don't know. Is Ulysses that really that long, though? I'd... Uh, I realized uh, that uh, I've got Ulysses on my computer. Oh. Just noticed it came, I think, with the Mac computer, or it was like a free download. I think you're thinking of U2, Issies. Oh, that's... Oh, boy. Well, I guess I still haven't found what I'm looking for. <laughs> Chris Roberts writes, <laughs> Oh, so it's slogans you're wanting. Sneaky Dragon. Please don't Google it. 
It's kind of interesting. Fair enough. Come for the deck. Stay for the chickens. <laughs> Did we ask you not to Google it? <laughs> Edward Jansky writes. Those are really good. I, I didn't. Uh, can you? Oh, sorry. I'll read them later. Oh, well, I missed. I missed that comment. I missed that comment. So. Okay, Sneaky Dragon. Yeah. Please don't Google it. It's kind of interesting. Fair enough. Come for the deck. Stay for the chickens. And didn't we ask you not to Google it? <laughs> Edward Jansky writes. I recognize some things I say in there. Indeed, uh, Edward Jansky writes. I have to say that if you guys uh, should ever do a comics podcast, I'll be the first to listen. Uh, we've discussed it before, and being the same age, we've experienced the same comics at the same time. I vividly remember the Fantastic Four Resigns uh, 191 cover, and I was equally fond of Joe Sinnott's legacy of work. Loved hearing you discuss Fantastic, discuss Fantastic Four, since they were uh, my first Marvel uh, obsession. Um, there is a podcast I was listening to uh, called something Baxter Building. It's the pe people that do a podcast called Wait What?, and they uh, they did a sidecast about um, the f the first I think hundred Fantastic Four comics, and mm. then I think they just kept going. Uh. But it was uh, it was quite good. So if you're looking for a Fantastic Four podcast, let me recommend uh, that one to you, Edward. Um, being a fan, uh, how do you see Marvel Studios bringing the FF to the screen going forward? Uh, I enjoyed the Fox versions by Tim Story because I was able to take my son to them uh, when he was young, and I thought the four were good together. Uh, the Joss Trank mess in 2015 was another story. Fox was my client at the time, and we almost had to feign an optimistic approval in front of the client. We all knew it was a disaster. I'm almost wishing you do an episode of Fansplainers for it, just so I can hear you rip it to shreds. Well, you could vote for it, and we might we might do it. If I was in charge of Fantastic Four films now, uh, I think I'd have to place them in the 60s or 70s. Uh, Marvel has a unique way of filling up their past generations and stories like Captain Marvel in the 90s and Cap in the 40s, etc. Put the FF back in time and give them their own space and use the same kind of dialogue Lee and Kirby gave them. Uh, when it's time to have them cross over with the current lineup, just time travel to bring them together. Make Doom European and make him interestingly evil, but, uh, but not just a bad guy in a suit. Uh, the fucking guy almost writes himself. Just do like uh, him like Lee and Kirby did. What do you guys think? Uh, I think, yeah, Fantastic Four in the 60s sounds good. Doctor Doom's big thing is a time machine. That does not sound very, very hard. I think the strength of the Fantastic Four is they can never be the weirdest thing in the room. Something else should be more exciting than Fantastic Four. Yeah. And they're adjusting to it. Um, they almost do it with... And it's a weird thing to say, Doom Patrol a little bit now with the TV show Doom Patrol, where they're all weirdos, but they always like enter into a world that's even weirder and they have to adjust and they're always in over their heads. But do that, but a more straight version. I think you've got something going. The problem is with the Marvel Universe, Marvel Universe is now already super crazy weird. So how, how do you do it? And I think you're right. They have to like find some way of doing it off to the side or in another time or something, another dimension, something. And then, uh, and then, yeah, put put it all together. Well, they had um, no problem with uh, Captain America having his first adventures take place during World War II. Yeah, the problem is, you know, uh, when when Tony Stark starts up, it's not a world where people know superheroes. You know, so it's like you can't have had the Fantastic Four being around in the '60s unless everyone forgets them for some reason. But you could actually do that. That might be the angle. It's like you do it as a 1960s show. Uh, they have all this stuff, and then finally. Uh, they time travel into the future. Maybe they actually have kids 
in the past. And then when they time travel to now, the kids are adults. And that's a weird uh, factor. Uh, but also no one remembers them for some reason. And you don't know why. So, and you got to find yeah. why. So I didn't never thought of that. So, so um, in the Marvel MCU, so Tony Stark is the, the Ur superhero. He's the first superhero. Well, you never have any. Well, here's the thing. Uh, people did know of Captain America. Yeah. Because uh, Coulson was a fan and, you know, uh, you know, he had the trading cards later on. And there was that scene where, like, he's showing the shield and the, and, and uh, Tony uses it to prop up, like, a thing that he's doing. But, yeah, Captain America is kind of all but forgotten, you know, except for someone like Coulson, who's a nerd. Who, who remembers this character from like World War II that's mostly known for like propaganda films probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, more, more for this film stuff and his serials than being a real person. But yeah, if, if there was like a big superhero uh, situation in the 60s, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, no one remembers Ant-Man. No one knows him, uh, even though he was kind of a secret spy guy in the, uh, in the 70s, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so you could do it. You could do it with the angle of no one remembers us. You know, and now you're stuck in the uh, in the present. And sure, yeah. what's, no, that'd be that? that'd be a good uh, be a good mystery. So, uh, and you've mentioned Steve Root a few times uh, lately, and you're right. The guy is something to behold. I once watched him draw and ink an illustration for my buddy of a huge Doctor Doom looming over the Fantastic Four, and he drew it most of it upside down so uh, we could see it right side up on the table before us. Wow, that's a good stunt. Uh, <laughs> really have good. you ever noticed uh, Root's art is so kinetic? And full of motion, he doesn't want to crowd his panels with big sound effects like whoosh and kablam. His art just does it for you. Another creative genius. Huh. And uh, a slogan. Being an art director. Oh, we're going to have to pay him for this. Uh, I've, I've been slapped uh, for trying to write copy before. I was literally slapped, uh, but I still have to write it. How about Sneaky Dragon, Sneaking Weekly since 2011? <laughs> and uh, I like Nina's get on the wagon uh, one above that's good uh, copywriting doesn't fall into my area uh, that often but it was easier when I was at Dr. Pepper uh, when we partnered with Sony for the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man film I was all over that shit uh, once I got the studio art I photoshopped Spidey with a Dr. Pepper can under his arm swinging through New York the headline said with great thirst comes great responsibility <laughs> so that's that's good stuff uh i uh, took it to the dr pepper brand department and the woman in charge slapped my hands and told me to stop it we already have an outside agency working on all the spider-man shit and we're just ready for it to go away and don't let anyone else see this because if sony sees me ever touching the product they'll lose their minds <laughs> so that was that they wouldn't let me near the first spider-man film well i guess uh, you found out about responsibility and uh, <laughs> don't don't take risks. You did a leap of faith. And if there's one thing Spider-Man hates, it's a leap of faith. Yeah, it's true. Um, by the way, with Dr. Pepper, we, we played that uh, uh, Barry Manilow uh, clip on our thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the, when you were working on Dr. Pepper, what was the Dr. Pepper song uh, when you were working on it? Was it that Barry Manilow one? Was it the I'm a Pepper? What, uh, where, wh what, was, what was the song during your era? Uh, another great slogan bonanza for Dr. Pepper was an internal campaign. You can tell my voice is cracking because it's been two hours. Yeah. For, it was an internal campaign for the headquarters. <laughs> uh, we had moved north of Dallas to Piano, Texas, and, uh, and we were new to the area. Uh, they wanted a campaign to remind employees to only go places that served our brands. The slogan was BYOB, buy your own beverage. 
kind of brand loyalty message. Huh. So me and an older art director, who was kind of like my mentor at the time, decided to take all these uh, famous works of art and make them into posters for each brand. We had about 38 at the time. Visuals uh, like Magritte's uh, Son of Man with a bottle of Dr. Pepper in front of his face instead of an apple. Or Gainsborough's Blue Boy with a Deja Blue water uh, were designed. It was so damn fun. <laughs> we might have done about 25 or 30 of these. Reminds me of Dave's title cards. Oh. Um, so here I come with another. You've seen Dave's title cards, right? Yeah, take a, take a look at them. They're all really good. Uh, you can look at them Thanks. on the Pinky Dragon page. Um, I wanted to do Da Vinci's Last Supper with Jesus and the Apostles drinking our brands, except Judas, who had a Pepsi. The headline <laughs> was, buy your own beverage, uh, because it may be your last. Oh, it did not go over too well. You know what? He was going to turn them all into wine anyway, so, you know, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last fight I had uh, with that project was to use the dogs playing poker painting with slush puppies all over the poker table. Dr. Pepper had just bought slush puppy. So it was the last one we did, and it made sense because they were uh, sold all over piano. Uh, I was then told by my... I think my it's pl fellow, Plano, isn't it? Plano, a parent, a, a, pardon me. Yeah. I was then told by my favorite, uh, my fellow mentor, art director, that dogs playing poker wasn't a real world of work of art. Oh. Uh, so I yielded <laughs> to his decision, yeah. which I still give him shit about, as you should. <laughs> uh, he's one of my closest friends Ooh. now. Break up with him. So well, I let him have that one. I mean, the theory was great works of art. Like, I don't know if dogs playing poker is like a great work of art. I mean, it's a great work of kitsch and it's fun, but it's not really like in the same level of Magritte and, and uh, you know, Van Gogh and people like that. Let's come on. I don't want to fight with you. Uh, I, I, <laughs> I think he did something uh, using a 17th century Flemish artist who said, who let the dogs out? Showing a bunch of dogs running through a crowded town. Ugh. I still like the idea better. I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's better. I'm looking forward to the next uh, Dallas Comic-Con once the quarantine is lifted, uh, but it's anyone's guess when that will be. Texans uh, don't know how to abide by the shelter-in-place guidelines, and we have to start over down here. Texas is full of stubborn rednecks who don't uh, like to don't like to, uh, what to be told. Um, I usually wear my usual shorts, T-shirts, and sneakers when I listen to Sneaky Dragon, ah. since I'm either walking or working around the house on Sundays when your episodes drop. Okay, one more. Sneaky Dragon, we love to hear you listen. Enough said. That's a good one. Jada Jackman writes, some of the slogans already submitted are hilarious. Here's my shot. Sneaky Dragon, making sense out of nonsense. It's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think you guys are particularly good at stringing together random topics and pulling meaning from them. Ooh, that's very nice. Oh, yeah. uh, we're like little dwarves in the mine. Uh, <laughs> just around, uh, a bunch of bullshit. And yeah. Just pulling out little diamonds. Uh, as for quarantine, uh, besides just getting to see my friends, I can't wait to go to a concert. Uh, mm, I was going to yeah, go to a concert yeah. in May, obviously postponed. And when I finally get to go, I'll be really grateful to be in a room with so many strangers enjoying music together. Also, the general excitement of the crowd will probably be heightened by this drought of human contact. <laughs> I imagine I'll be waiting a long time, though, since I think concerts are dead last on lists for reopening. This is sadly true. Uh, Louise writes, slogan. Sneaky Dragon. Bet you can't sneak just one. <laughs> um, jingle. Check your email inbox. We did. We love it. And we will play it at the end of this. Uh, looking forward to choir, ballet, and poker nights. Uh, oh, Louise wins so much money from us. God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, when I what I wear when listening to the podcast. Often, a men's cotton button-down shirt from a thrift shop. 
They're as good as nightshirts and work shirts, as they usually have a roomier cut and stronger stitching than a woman's shirt. Um, Yeah. And my first taste of a slush drink, we asked about this, uh, was uh, Dairy Queen Mr. Misty. It's Mm. now uh, called by the less alliterative uh, but gender-free name of Misty Slush. As a kid, I didn't think they were that good a deal. It seemed to me that you were paying a lot for frozen, uh, flavored frozen water. Uh, yeah. Yeah. When Slurpees became self-serve to improve their slurpability, I used to fill the cup two-thirds full with Slurpee, then top it up with pop. This was probably against the rules, but no one ever called me on it. And my favorite big chain slush drink is now Tim Horton's Frozen Lemonade. So refreshing. Were you giving a raspberry to that, or were you just uh, making uh, random noises in the background? I think that was just my chair squeaking. Sorry, but it I, sounded like we're doing that. I think I the... did. Uh, I did uh, scoff at the idea of adding pop to a to a Slurpee. Mm. Well, I remember Mr. Misty. The problem was, hey, I'll get a cherry Mr. Misty. Oh, this is great! I got a large Mr. Misty. Let me take three three slurps. Well, I've got a bunch of ice in a cup. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the problem with those. That's that's the thing about the great thing about Slurpees is they don't is the flavor is not, it's not added to the ice after the ice has been made. Yeah. It's, integ- it's in- integrated into the ice. Yeah. Like the, All the syrup would go to the bottom. Yeah, suck it, yeah. And now you got like, you can make a snowball. Yeah. You make a snowball. <laughs> yeah, that's the same thing with those, well, any of those sort of like chipped ice things where you get, you have like the cone, you know, the, the little cardboard cone that you can put ice into and then they add the flavor to it. It's the same thing. You you kind of lazily suck on it rather than like chew it. And then next thing you know, it's just a pale, a pale imitation of itself. And you just throw out the ice. Whereas a Slurpee is actual, you know, part of like, like it's essentially what it is. It's like um, the drink mix with water. So it's a, a watered down drink mix. And then it's put into a machine that's freezing it, but also spinning it so that it never, it, it granulates. It turns into like a granulated ice but it never freezes into a solid form. But it's still each particle is like the thing itself. It's not. It's not. You know, added afterwards to the ice, the flavoring, and so then when it goes into the cup, it is what it is. It, you can't suck out the flavor from it. You know, but but yeah, each to his own. Agreed. Some people don't like a cold drink, and that's the thing. I, me, I am. You know, like at work every day. I my first thing I do when I come into work, besides slip swipe in, is I get my water bottle, I fill it with water from the sink, and then I just put it into the freezer so that two hours later, when break time is, it's a you know nearly frozen thing of water, well, frozen on the side, and then I just squeeze it, it breaks it into ice, and then I drink that, and I just love it because it's just like, like the coldest thing that could possibly ever enter your body without killing you. And then, you know, then when I finish that, then I just do the same thing to it. I put it into the freezer again so it's ready for me at lunch, et cetera, et cetera. So I just do that all the time. And that's how I like to drink things. I just I don't drink hot chocolate or tea or coffee. I don't like hot drinks. I love cold drinks and the colder the better. And Slurpee is like the ultimate example of the coldest thing you could ever have, which is also why I don't really like drinking with a straw. I prefer to drink uh, like at a restaurant from the cup because then the ice is right there and so the the liquid is flowing through the ice into your mouth and thus is much, much colder than if you were just using a straw unless you, you know, bring the sop, straw up to the top of the cup and, and do that way. But what's the point? Just screw the straw and just drink from the glass like a grown-up. It sounds like someone likes hot eats and cool treats. <laughs> well, I did, uh, did go to Dairy Queen tonight before the show started. Oh, so. very nice. Uh, I, have uh, a, I'm I have a blizzard waiting for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna skip the next one and come right b- and come back to it at the end 
because it's one that's uh, a harder one to, for me to read. And then okay. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll save that one for the end. Sure. So our friend uh, Laurel Robertson writes, there are so many good slogans and jingles above. I got nothing. Uh, but I will tell you that I am looking forward to going to the real movie theater again uh, when reopened safely. My grandson and I were enjoying the movies regularly together for a couple of years, and I do miss that. Last evening, we went over to Winston-Salem. Uh, uh, what is what is NC? What is that? North Carolina. North Carolina, yeah. Yeah, an hour away with my visiting son and his wife for a drive-in showing of the original 1984 Ghostbusters. It was great. Uh, parking spots all marked out, and we could order tickets online, a snack bar, friendly mass faces showing how to drive the lanes, taking tickets, etc. The movie was shown against a wide white side of the actual movie theater, and the parking lot was full of uh, $20 a car load cars. Uh, the sound played through the local FM radio station. We had the windows down, a little warm but comfortable, and it uh, just felt like a happy summer thing to do. We'll do it again. Uh, and usually these days, uh, I am gardening or weed eating, uh, while listening to my favorite podcast. Yes. I mean, sneaky dragon. So I'm wearing a regular <laughs> old scroungy tank top and shorts. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, I remember seeing ghostbusters in Stanley park. They had one of those family showings of ghostbusters okay. and, uh, and we all felt really uncomfortable at that one Dan Aykroyd scene. <laughs> we're like, we're like, Oh, this is great. Are we all enjoying this? We sure are. Bill Murray's a little weird with that girl. Yeah, that didn't really hold up uh, anymore. That, oh, uh, well, you know, but what are you going to do? It's fine. Oh, we're moving on to the stuff we like. Okay, this is great. Oh, what's this scene? Oh, shit, that scene. Oh, God, I forgot about that scene. Did we all forget about this scene? Oh, no. Oh, this isn't a good scene. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's over. It's over. It's over. It was just a dream. It's all fine. Anyway, in huh. uh, the original version of the, uh, the, it was actually in, this, in the reality. Whew. Anyway, uh, Matthew. Yeah, it's good. Uh, that, that's a scene that could really not be in the movie at all, and no one would notice or care if it wasn't there. Yeah, if you have to like pop one out, uh, that's a good one to pop out. Uh, Matthew <laughs> uh, Sanborn pop Smith. Pop one out. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, I played the Ghostbusters video game recently, mm. uh, which is uh, pretty good, and they recreate many of the scenes from the movie. They do not recreate that one. I don't know what the challenge would be. <laughs> I don't know why they didn't redo that one. Uh, Matthew Sanborn Smith writes, yep. please don't squeeze the sneaky. Like it. Please, please don't, don't do that. <laughs> okay. Please don't, don't squeeze the sneaky. Uh, our friend Rich writes, hello, Dave and Ian. Uh, my sneaky slogan suggestion. You're not wrong. <laughs> a couple that of is weeks- a regular Ian. That's true. Yeah. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to the podcast last show in my hospital gown while recovering from a cancer-removing robotic prostatectomy. Am I getting that? Prostate prostate Prostatectomy, yeah. Very good. Uh, I used Dave's suggestion from an earlier episode to turn the gown's opening to the front to tie it off and then put my arms through it when I turned it around the back. Good tip. I oh, was thinking, right. There you go. I was thinking, the uh, where else are you going to get a good tip about hospital gowns with this shit? <laughs> True. Right? This no. American life? Hell no. <laughs> Cereal? Yeah. Nope. Yep. No siree, Bob. Uh, Ricky Gervais? He doesn't care about your hospital gown. <laughs> Only Dave does. Um, I'm glad someone followed that advice. It is good advice. It is good advice. I was thinking the IV morphine might interfere with your banter, but it actually made it even more enjoyable to listen. Well, mm. that's good to know. And a good tip for <laughs> listeners out there. Get yourself 
yeah. some old tiny morphine. Make it up yourself at home. <laughs> and uh, and it just makes the show go nice and smooth. Yeah. It's actually um, more comprehensible on morphine. Uh, I had several episodes loaded into my MP3 player. And while listening to you guys, it was like having a friend who would never shut up in the room. <laughs> It made up for the fact that I could have no visitors at all due to COVID-19 restrictions. My drifting in and out of consciousness was no barrier to following along. I know <laughs> I do that during the show too, but I have literally, sorry, Rich, I'm going to fill you in on a little secret. I've seen Dave fall asleep a couple of times it's, during this show. It's true. And I just, I'm looking at him going like, <laughs> I think he's asleep. And then I see the little fluttering eyelashes, which are very snow white, if I'm being honest. <laughs> Or even Thumper. Yeah. Very Thumper. Just like, it's why, I'm, thump, thump, thump. It's why I'm always surrounded by birds. And then he's back like, huh, what? Yes. I, uh, mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, you ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> Got to start wearing sunglasses. So uh, Rich continues, thank you. It actually did help me out very much to get through a difficult time. After oh, two weeks, welcome. the catheter is now out. I continue to listen while practicing my Kegel pelvic floor exercises to help retain, regain continence. Uh, while I am wearing adult diapers for now, don't make me laugh too much because I tend to leak. Well, Dave, Dave yep. is right on top of all his jokes. <laughs> he is I trying so to helpful. keep all the jokes at a level of where you're not laughing too much. And yeah. the reason for that is sure. uh, listeners like you. Yeah, your health. That's that's all I'm thinking about. The people have died from laughter, Ian. Mm. And you know, I feel like we're it's irresponsible for us to to you know to be too funny. I like to keep it at a certain level of okayness. Yeah, and it's just just below pants shitting level. Um, <laughs> that's that's all I asked for. Basically, our 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 this was one of I know we've said lots of slogans. Yeah, but like one of our original slogans was "shit your pants, you get your money back." And then when people write us with that, we go, "It's a free show." <laughs> they go, no, you got us on a technicality. Who's uh, going to replace these pants? Uh, before all this, I listened to the show while enjoying my hobby, making cigar box guitars in my garage workshop. At that time, I usually uh, wore at least some sawdust, or as we CBG builders call it, man glitter. Nice. I like, I like that very much. Now, that letter I read to my wife while weeping <laughs> the, oh, first, the first time. It really choked me up, so thank yeah. you very much for that, Rich. And, of course, at the end of it, my wife was, again, she was also... Uh, choked up about it and thank you so much for sharing that and I hope you're doing well and that means a lot to us very much so and then my wife went we need to build a cigar box guitar and I was like <laughs> son of a bitch now I've got to build one of those <laughs> let me ask you Rich how did you get into this is a specific question for you Rich how did you get into it where did you get instructions from it uh, did you have a kit did you look online did you look in a book let us know because it's very yeah. curious on how, how many make- how many cigars do you have to smoke before you have a yeah, how many? box. That's the question I would be asking. Yeah, that's the thing. Where do I get a cigar box for crying exactly. out loud? Exactly. Anyway, mm-hmm. thank you so much, uh, Rich. Uh, Dave, do you have any letters uh, from other ways? Or I why? do have a, a, an email to read. This is from Brent Tannehill. And Brent writes, and sorry, I have to read this from a great distance because my phone a died. My okay. f- well, my phone died today. So, And oh. I don't know why. It was really weird. I, I woke up this morning with the phone fully charged. And I went to went to work, and at ten ten thirty or so, when I had my break, I looked at my phone, and it was at thirty seven percent. So I don't know, I don't know why mm. it was like eating it itself alive. So then uh, I turned it off, but then I turned it on when I was coming home, and then 
by the time I got home and I uh, I think I had a shower and I like to like watch um, videos while I'm shaving. I think it was like at 14% at that point. And then later mm-hmm. on, I was trying to put some questions people had sent in for the, the uh, listeners question show into our Google Docs. And I was at 3% and then it died. So I was like, ah, so yes. So anyway, I'm going to be reading this. So please excuse my not being able to I'll be correcting myself a lot is what I'm saying. So Brent writes in to, to let us know a league is 2.4 to 4.6 miles. He says, I don't know why it was, why it varies. And it's interesting because I wonder if it's just like the nature of of like nautical measurements at that time. Like it's the same with knots, right? Like knots were measured by a rope that had knots in it and you would put it out in the water and the speed it went through your hands or whatever is how you measured how fast you were going. So I assume that you had a some way of figuring out seconds or whatever and then you would let it quickly zip through your hands and how many knots you counted in that time span was the speed you were traveling. So it feels like they had a very kind of loosey-goosey uh, sense of, of, of actual measurement in those days. So he says, so in so the book 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea means that they were underwater and traveled 20,000 leagues. It's not the depth, it's the underwater distance. So there you go, that's the answer for that. Then he takes the moment when he's got me at, at a weak point here where I'm like, well, thank you, Brent, for that. That's really nice of you to write in so that I understand that. I don't have to wiki it. And then he says, though, he goes, also, Dave, you're losing your mind. <laughs> well, what? What have I done? In a, pre- in a previous episode, you told Ian about some after-school activity that you were doing. I think maybe photography club. But you were missing out on The Price is Right. So you stopped going to the activity so <clears> you <throat> could rush home and watch it. Yeah. That's what Ian was talking about in episode 447. Okay, that's all true, except for the television show. The television show was not The Price is Right. The television show was the British comedy show, The Goodies, which came on... Uh, really? It came on at four o'clock. Yeah, because Price is Right was not an afternoon show, as I remember it. It was always a, a daytime show. I think you've mentioned The Price is Right, though, in the past. about like a... I never know. None of Price is Right. I mean, I watched it, but I was never like a huge super fan of it. I'm not, okay. really, not really a super fan of any game show. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Whoever so, finds proof, by the way, that Dave is wrong, I will send you a Canadian chocolate. <laughs> and if I did say it, I, I, maybe I, we were talking about it and I just misspoke because we, we, you were really talking about The Price is Right as something that you wanted to skip out school to, or you were build, putting, you know, making changes in your life to around. And, and I, was, I was saying a similar thing happened with me with the goodies and that I was missing this great comedy show. Uh, because I was, as a child, and I would say still, but not the way I was as a kid. As a kid, I was like comedy crazy. And anything that was like the least thing, like anything of the comedy, you know, whether it's radio, television, whether it's British, American, Canadian, books, magazines, comics, records, it didn't matter. Comedy was king, right? So like my first Beatles song I loved was I Know Your Name, or You Know My Name, Look Up the Number, the B-side to Let It Be. That was my first... Beatles thing that I loved and the reason I loved it is because it was silly and uh, that was just how I was as a kid so I was interested in doing photography club I was really was interested in it but unfortunately the goodies ranked slightly above me taking black and white photos and developing them in a, in, in smelly solutions and so I I, I I quit photography club so that I could go home and watch the goodies and to this day I will maintain that it was a great decision all right there we go um I'm going to say as one of our questions for next week, 
What was your never miss TV show as a kid? What was your uh, gotta see it? Gotta see it. Let's. I gotta fight my siblings for it. I gotta see it. Okay. This is this is the one. This is the one that's like you know was uh, was your never miss. Okay. And uh, you got a, you got a second question. I was thinking, uh, how about listeners tell us their favorite year of their life? Okay, except for this one. Yeah. Except for this not one. Ca- not counting this one. So we're taking this one off the table. Oh, really? Uh, but you're, what if so they, you're second. Why can't it be their so favorite year? What's that? Why can't it be their favorite year? Because this one should be your favorite year. Like, really, you should always, like, live in the present. So oh, I'm, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay, I'm okay. Saying, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're uh, saying. Yeah, okay. For sure. So it's, so it's, it's uh, I'd say, yeah. What's your, so favorite year? And what was a what was a show that was your never miss uh, TV show like when you were uh, young and right. uh, or you know youth youth more youthful than you are now nothing not, I'm not saying you're not youthful now however you're as young as you feel but uh, but there you go uh, so so yeah let us uh, let us know those things uh, we also are looking for questions for two episodes from now dear lord it's getting close uh, for our questions episode so you can ask us anything you want and we will answer it for an entire episode and it's going to be long. Uh, my voice now, oh, it's so going to be, oh, it's going to be a mess, a hot mess. <laughs> I'm going to have tea, I'm going to have honey, I'm going to have lemon, uh, probably a, a, a flat uh, Coke as well. Good uh, idea. I'll be Good idea. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can uh, you can uh, message us uh, your questions, and if we uh, randomly pick your name at the end of that, and anyone who answers asks a question gets put into the uh, the draw pants, uh, we'll reach into the pockets, uh, pull a name. Uh, will win a variety of Sneaky Dragon prizes. And past winners have said, yeah, it's pretty good. So uh, just know <laughs> I think that. They were, I think they were more more uh, forthcoming than that. I think they were more yeah, excited said, than uh, that. They said, uh, hey, you know, it's pretty good. Uh, I think that's what they said. <laughs> that's good. That, that's a good level of excitement I wanted. Yeah. yeah. So uh, if you want to know how to do that, here's, here's what you do. And it's also how you answer the questions of the week. Is you go to our Sneaky Dragon page, which is sneakydragon.com, and look for uh, the episode you're listening to right now. Uh, and you can uh, write anything you want underneath that episode in our message space. By the way, you can comment on past episodes. And this reminds me, actually, I'm thinking, I did miss an old letter uh, that, that I should actually read uh, as well. I'll do that after I do this really quick. Okay. Um, so go to sneakydragon.com. You can comment on the latest episode. Uh, you can put questions there. Or you can comment on past episodes if you listen to them. Uh, you can also uh, email us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com, sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. We're on the usual social media sites, which is Facebook. Look up Sneaky Dragon. There's a page. Post them there. Go to Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon. Hey, that post something there. Or go to Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. Boom, boom, boom. Are we on Instagram? Yes, but just as ourselves. So don't do it there. But do look at our uh, pictures and things, and I draw cartoons occasionally. So go check that stuff out. It's it's basically our names. All right. Uh, the forgotten letter that I forgot to uh, read is uh, this one from episode 446. Uh, Laurel Robertson writes, Hello again, gentlemen. You were wondering what made me laugh out loud so hard uh, this episode. Uh, <laughs> I just cracked because we were like, what, what are you laughing at? Uh, I just cracked up. From Am the I funny to you? Am I funny? Am I a comedian? Some, some kind of laughing boys? Are you some kind of clowns? Um, what a fight. Uh, beginning when he said, Ian, that you had a weird topic you wanted to talk about. And David, you piped up with such a random, oh, I hope it's about salamanders. And Ian replied, well, it is now. So wonderful. Mm. Um, that was a good moment. Listen, listen Laurel, 
I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you an inside bit of dope about that one. Oh wait, don't don't pull the curtain back. Are you sure? You can put. No, I'm just gonna do whatever you want. I don't okay. care. <laughs> uh, that all really happened. Yeah. Then then there was a technical mistake. Yeah. And and we had to redo it. And so we redid it as close to the reality as we yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, but it was that was acting. That was so acting. Let me just say, let me say this. Yeah. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> And it just yes. went on from there. It was I such a wonderful, it was such a wonderful moment that I just I didn't want to lose it, so I made Ian nope. maybe maybe do it again. <laughs> and Dave knows I am an actor. Yes. yes, I won I won a high school acting award. You did with with two other people. We we they split it three ways. It cheapened it, but still. <laughs> Um, I've won other awards. I've won other acting awards. I just so all I heard from that story is that Ian's been in a three way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. During during grad. That was weird. Um, <laughs> and so it went on from there, uh, Laurel writes. I laughed hard, too, at the lying as a kid stories. I remember a couple of whoppers I told and was concerned uh, with being outed. Uh, that'd be a good question sometime, too. If you want to answer that one as a question, too, what's a lie you told as a kid uh, that you almost got caught uh, for, but you didn't? Um I think I made up an older brother once too and said he died. <laughs> that oh, sounds dear. like that sounds like a go- uh, um uh what's it a goosebumps episode and then you make up the brother that died, yeah, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden his ghost starts haunting the house. Oh, that'd be well that would be come up for sure. Was he was he real and I just forgot him? <laughs> and I was actually mentioning a brother that was real oh. and yeah, you know, but instead it's just the ghost of your guilt for lying <laughs> that's floating around. That'd be that'd be pretty good. I like it. Uh, Ian's alligator pie win. Yeah, I lied about winning an alligator pie. <laughs> By the way, those of you that are hearing this for the first time, I didn't eat an alligator pie. It was, it was a poem. Hey, listen to the episode. I'm not going to say it all again. You have to, what you have to justify yourself. What, 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 what kind of guy who would repeat things in an episode and then act them out? <laughs> I don't do that sort of thing, my friend. Um, Ian's alligator pie win was just hilarious in the retelling. Uh, pretty perfectly timed, and I loved it too. I listened to those uh, stories several times, laughing out loud still. Sadly, I don't recall any more uh, on the topic of salamanders, however. Yeah, did you have a salamander story day? And you never told it? No, you said you had something weird to talk about, and I just I said, "Oh, I hope it's about salamanders," but it turned out it wasn't. So my, oh, okay. my hopes were dashed, dashed, dashed to the ground. All right, there you go. Uh, listen, if you want to ask us about salamanders for our 450th episode, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. We will have to answer it. <laughs> so we've told you all that stuff. We've given you all the questions. I have talked for an, entirely too long. Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I got to go spend time with uh, my loved ones. Sure. Uh, you know, so I'm gonna go do that. But, but it was before a you do time. that. Yeah. We have some songs to play. Right, but I don't have to be around for that because I don't have to sing along. <laughs> so I'm going to say, like, let's sign off and let's play them uh, going out. Is that okay? Oh, okay. If you just want to play them, that'll just be it. We'll play them and then we won't come back again. Yeah, I think that's probably a that's nice your, way to go. That's your plan? Yeah. All right. Okay. Right. So thank you so much for listening. It's always a treat to talk to you, Dave. Yes. Treat, treats. And, I guess uh, I guess I'll just, I'll just host this last little bit by myself. That's fine. Okay. And... Uh, if you want to listen to another uh, one of the shows that we're doing, uh, we do another one called Fansplainers, where we go through a movie and uh, talk about it. And the most recent one we did was Princess of Mars. We're going to be doing uh, a new one shortly. Uh, what will the topic be for that one? But most times you will be voting on what movie uh, we do. So please check out our Facebook and please check out 
you know, different social medias. You can Twitter, what have you, yeah. and you can vote on which one uh, you want us to do. You can also make suggestions on movies you want us to do. So that is uh, it for us, except for Dave talking now. So I'm now going to turn it over to Dave. Dave, here's the keys to the podcast. Thank Here you. you. Wait a second. Let me get them out. Let me get the keys out. <laughs> Here you go. Oh, Just keys to the podcast. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Lock up when you're done. <laughs> I will. Take care. Bye. Bye. Were those your footsteps? Yeah. All right. We're all alone now, listeners. It's just you, me, and a couple of wonderful songs that were sent to us from some dear listeners as well. And so the first one, I'm going to go by order of reception. And the first one that came in was from uh, our friend Louise Moon. And Louise sent us a little... It's like, Louise, I, I'm going to assume that you are planning this you're thinking of this as a, a radio jingle so that we would have like a one of those sort of you know you're listening to k and da, 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 kind of thing so this is uh this is louise's and let's give it a listen right now here we go dave and ian guarantee their podcast will be covid free sneaky dragon <laughs> very nice very nice so that's uh that was a a, a like a jingle, like I say, like kind of like a, a a station identification jingle, which I really like. So, so every time we need to, uh, every time we need to identify ourselves, we can play that, and people will know that they're listening to Sneaky Dragon. So we can just pull that out every once in a while. So the next one, this is a bit of a longer one. This is more of a, I guess it's a jingle, but it's kind of like uh, Chris. This is from Chris Roberts, our, our friend Chris Roberts has written in. Now Chris sent us a song for episode three hundred for our three hundredth episode. He sent us a wonderful song, Chris. I was thinking when I was going to do this that I would remember your song, and I don't remember exactly, but it's like, When Dragons Fly? Is that it, Chris? Oh, I'm sorry that I, I I'm sorry that I, I messed up the title of that one. Dang it. I should have looked it up, but I didn't. But this is Chris's jingle. Now, Chris is, is gone. He's, he's drawing from the 1970s when, when, when commercial jingles, they, they lasted a while, right? So, and so Chris said, Hey, Dragons. Oh, he called us Dragsters. Hey, Dragsters. So it's a jingle you're wanting. I'm sorry, this is being read like this. Chris, once again, I'm reading this from three feet away, maybe four feet away, and I, my eyes can't even handle this. This I can't handle like two feet away. This is a, so, he says, so it's a jingle you're wanting. Here you go, folks. A sneaky dragon never lets you down because week after week for all these years, you're always there without fail, brightening my weekends. You're great guys, and I love having your company. All the best, Chris. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I'm sorry I read it in such a clumsy way, but it's very, very nice. I really appreciate that. So let's listen to Chris's jingle. Here we go. Is the daily news giving you the blues in a way you can't disguise? Do you feel confused by the leaders who keep spreading fear and lies? Well, there's a place I know everyone can go where worries disappear. We're a pair of schmoes, we'll ease your woes, and it's right inside your ears. Say their names, Ian and David, what's their game? That's hard to say, but I can't wait for the weekend, because a sneaky dragon never lets you down. Say their names, David and Ian, 
once they're gay It's still hard to say But I can't wait for the weekend Because a sneaky dragon never lets you down A sneaky dragon never lets you down And we're back. That was wonderful, Chris. Thank you very much for that. Uh, that was. It was even better. I got to tell you, I listened to it on my phone, you know, like through a crummy phone speaker. Now I'm listening to it through my very nice earphones here at, or what are they called? Earphones? They're things. Earphones. I guess they're called earphones. Why did I forget that word? I was listening to it through my earphones here in the studio, and uh, it sounded really great. Really nice recording too, and a beautiful song. And uh, props to you for reaching those high notes. That's really good. Often that's uh that's a you know skill skill set that disappears as uh so you must be very young is what I'm saying Chris you must be in your early twenties so good for you well there you go everyone two jingles well three jingles actually because Todd also supplied one but that was uh sung by Ian not quite as nice as as Louise and and uh, Chris is singing no offense to you Ian I know he's not gonna listen to this so I'm fine anyway everyone. Thank you. Thank everyone. Thank you everyone for contributing your your slogans and your jingles. It's so wonderful having you as listeners. Your your contributions are always great. So, yes, it's wonderful. And I am now going to say goodbye and I'm going to leave and I'm going to lock up as Ian asked me to. I last time I forgot and some raccoons broke in. There was a real mess. All right. Take care everyone. Bye. <laughs> All right, so anytime you want to st- uh, art.